You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio family of podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, everyone. Welcome to a special holiday-themed edition of The Nerd Table, all decked out in red and green just in time for Christmas. I'm Chris, your host. Our old pal Eric is in the middle of a big move right now, so... He has to step aside this week. So to fill in Eric's shoes, I'd like to welcome back to the show the master of the great movie ride from our great movie host guest and our regular Among Us player. You may know him as the guy who gets very fired up in a very funny way. Our good friend Matt Sulo is back here on the show. Yo. It is great to have you back, sir. Thank you. It's great to be back. Uh, I like the little in- introduction I had for the Among Us part there. I appreciate it. Well, you are the guy who gets fired up, so it's not like I was lying. I mean, you guys do lie when you think it's me when sometimes it's not, but well, it's fine. It's fine. I digress. Okay. And you guys can tune in to our live streams every Saturday around 7 o'clock and watch Matt get fired up, especially when he's not the imposter. Which, it, it's it's no matter what I do, you know, it'll be like, I won't be talking. It's like, Matt, you're not talking. What's going on? I'm just digesting everything, guys. Well, I'm just, I just, that sucks. He's, he's the imposter, but, but, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. Save it for the stream. <laughs> <laughs> also, of course, on the show, my co-host from the Stupid Sexy Podcast, VIP Wrestle Talk on patreon.com slash club kayfabe, my podcasting partner for the past seven and a half years. Jeez. A gentleman who just celebrated his birthday a few days ago, Dan Peck. And greetings and salutations. So how does it feel to be at level 38? Mm, a lot like 37. This is the part where the levels don't feel any different. Because, <laughs> like, cause Matt, Matt, you're not there yet, but once you hit level 30, that's going to be like, you're going to be like, oh, I'm 30 now. But then every year after is not going to feel any different. Oh, I bet. I mean, I stopped feeling that way after, like, 25. I was like, ugh. Uh, you can rent cars now. It's the last barrier has been taken down. It's the only barrier <laughs> remaining. I can rent cars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not that exciting. It really isn't. <laughs> yes, I'm no longer on my parents' insurance. <laughs> so as you guys know, this show is all about nerd culture. And because this is a special Christmas-themed episode, I decided to bring in a special guest who is the biggest Christmas fan that I know and is just always hyped for Christmas, even when the year itself is not good. And we all know that this year has not been good for any of us, but it will never kill her Christmas spirit. Please welcome to the show, my dear wife, Shannon. Hi. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) Merry Christmas. And happy, happy holidays. holidays. Okay, so you, hear me sing, let's stop that. you don't want to hear any of us sing. So that's we'll, we'll say we want to get more subscribers on the nerd table. So none of us are going to sing. But we are going to have a big discussion about Christmas movies, music, <laughs> toys. Even. Oh, we're singing this episode, dude. It's singing. Singing's happening. Oh, it will. I'm sure. At least will. at least 12 songs are going to be sung today. In fact, in a... At least one of them will be Taylor. (laughs) I'm going to guess exactly one of them will be Taylor. (laughs) So, in case anybody... Because Shannon's been on a couple of 
podcasts that I've done. She's done some patron stuff for us before. But for those of you who are unfamiliar with my wife, Taylor Swift is going to be one of her top fandoms in the nerd culture world. Because music counts as nerd culture. We've had that discussion. I mean, come on, guys. Tis the damn season. I'm allowed to curse, right? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, damn is okay. If Taylor can say damn, I can say damn. But Taylor's been saying a lot worse on her albums, so. If she can say it, so can I. She swizzled the season. Yeah, Taylor's uh, Taylor's uh, all grown up now. She's dropping F-bombs in her songs. It's just... Wow, I haven't listened to many of her songs recently. She's dropping F-bombs now? She yeah. just dropped two albums in the past six months. She is the queen. Yes, Taylor is Sh- Shannon's queen, and there's nothing wrong with that. If anyone nope. wants to geek out over Taylor with me, just let me know. Come find me on Facebook. I have tons of memes I can share with you. <laughs> Hell, I've got a whole Pinterest board full of it. Entire Taylor board for Pinterest. And that's not even a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, whatever makes you happy. That's all that matters. Well, that's what Christmas is all about, right? Exactly. So because we have a ton of content here, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. So what I'm going to do, guys, is Dan and I have prepared our 12 Days of Christmas top movies. These are, these are the uh, the top films that we love or specials. We go, we're going to go ahead and combine everything here because... I think a lot of people can agree, while there are a lot of Christmas movies out there, not all of them are top quality and memorable. And the ones that are, of course, the ones that you go to every single year. So I'm going to present my list first, and Dan's going to present his, and then we're going to jump into a discussion about Christmas songs. And no, we're not going like, to alternate our number 12 or whatever? Yeah, we'll alternate. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Because that way you're going to cover 10 of my 12 before it becomes, <laughs> becomes my turn. Pretty much, yeah. So, um, real quick, though, let's do a quick survey here. When do you guys believe it's too early to start decorating for Christmas? Matt, we'll start with you. I mean, let's be real. If people start decorating for Halloween in, like, August, like, I don't think it's a problem to start decorating probably middle of November, getting close to Thanksgiving. I think it's okay to start decorating for Christmas. Uh, but Shannon, I'm also... Shannon, how I'm about also, you? Sorry. <laughs> My question is, why would you ever take down your Christmas decorations? <laughs> I mean, I agree yeah. with that. Like, <laughs> I mean, you have a why? dedicated Christmas room or Christmas area? No, like, no, no. The it. whole freaking house. Keep the tree up. Do not do. I mean, if you, that floats your boat, it does not float my boat, so it doesn't happen in my house. But you know, keep the tree up. Uh, change the for the seasons if you want. I don't like that idea, but whatever. I've tried to convince her to it's not happening to redecorate the tree for Halloween, and she has shot that down. So I just don't see the point in taking down the Christmas decorations. They're just magical, and why would you want to kill the Christmas spirit just because it's January first? Also, it's a hassle to do too. Like, why would you want to take them down? That that is true. Yeah, if you only decorate one time, you're saving yourself trouble the next year. Dan, what's you your take on the Christmas down. decorations? Oh, I was going to say, if you have a dedicated area or a room, then 
put that shit up 365 for all I care. Yeah, I think the uh, when I when I survey people, you only ever get two answers for this question. There's some kind of an unwritten rule that you have to wait till after Thanksgiving to put your stuff up, and everybody else doesn't care. They just put it up when they want to. So I feel like it's either the answer to the question is always either after Thanksgiving or whatever. My family does Black Friday. That's our tradition at this point. We just next day. That used to be my family tradition when I lived at home is we'd go to Thanksgiving and then on Black Friday we'd put up the Christmas decorations and put on a Christmas movie and. We'd have the tree up. We'd have all the decorations ready to go. We'd put the lights up that weekend. Now, in our house, we put the tree up as early as possible because we have cats who are jerks. Sure, that's why. <laughs> and we need to get them extra time to adjust to the fact that there's a shiny new thing in the house. Sure, that's why. <laughs> but uh, my, my answer is always going to be the same thing. Put up the decorations when you want to. and. Agreed. It, if my decor, me putting up my decorations doesn't affect your life, then I don't want to hear your opinion on my decorations. If you, if your rule is to wait till Black Friday, or December first, or November first, or whatever, then that's great for you because it doesn't affect me. So along those put, lines, yeah, I'd say just put up. Fuck, your decorations. fuck off with the fireworks on July third, July second, July fourth, into Please. fucking June. Please. <laughs> you know what? I will agree with that. <laughs> That's the other thing. My Christmas decorations don't affect you, but those fireworks affect the whole neighborhood. Uh, plus the wildlife. Yeah, agreed. Take care of the wildlife. I got people starting like in June fourteenth, and I'm like, the fuck you doing? That's Flag Day, man. <laughs> what is this? celebrate the flag i was like i would make sense if i lived near the stadium where there's probably some kind of event and there's pyro involved like being mad about that that's more on you yeah that's true yeah i say just i mean i know people who have their halloween decorations up all year round and did, did you ever notice that though that uh Nobody cares about that, but there's always an opinion about the Christmas decorations. That's always the, the one people have rotten to... pumpkins that are still there at Thanksgiving. Yeah, people or... always have that opinion about Christmas, but nobody ever goes after the Halloween people. Now, granted, I'm a big Halloween freak, and I would do that if I could, but still, I, I don't really understand the difference personally. Or there's always the Halloween person that's always like bitches and complains about Christmas, like starting early on Christmas stuff. And it's like, listen, you celebrate Halloween in like August, take it easy. So the big thing between people who, that I've noticed between people who are bigger into Christmas and bigger into Halloween is the ones who are bigger into Halloween just love to freaking bitch about every little thing. But Christmas people, we just want to be happy. Agreed. Just let us be happy. We should all take a lesson from Jack Skellington and just know that you can enjoy everything. Literally everything. I mean, granted, he almost ruined one holiday to learn that lesson. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't go after your passions because you'll fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a, <laughs> that's a life lesson from Nightmare Before Christmas. All right, so let, I'm going to do my 12 mo- movies and specials. Dan will do his. Uh, Dan, sh- you want to do the list concurrently or should we alternate like we'll each do a 12? And yeah, both do our 12 and then both okay. do our 11. 
So at number 12 on my list, I have put in The Christmas Story. You know the classic Christmas story. Ralphie, he wants his Red Ryder BB gun. Mm -hmm. So I put it at number 12 for two reasons. One, I do believe that this movie is overhyped. I I think... Well, it plays 24 hours straight on two different channels on Christmas Day. Understatement of the year. So... But here's the thing. It's still a good movie despite the overhypeness. So, it's like the most real Christmas movie. Well, I'm, I'm going to be straightforward and say that's the Christmas story is number one on my list. There so. you go. <laughs> it's number one on a lot of people's lists. And I don't have any issue it's with that. It's a good movie. It's just over. Like, I don't understand why we have to have 24 hours of it every single year. And did anybody else notice? Well, Matt might be too young for this, but when. TVS first started doing that. That was the only time anybody ever started caring about the movie. Before that, nobody gave a crap. I mean, when I was growing up... I'm too young to realize that. (laughs) I mean, when I was growing up, I forced my family to have it on the TV the whole time. There you go. It was... It's 1A and 1B is probably, like, everyone else's, like, favorite Christmas movie. But we'll get there when everyone announces their favorite. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's another one up there that will be close to the top of the list but i do like the movie i i think the story's funny the jokes are funny a lot of stuff's memorable the leg lamp fragile oh, yeah oh fudge it's a very quotable movie triple dog dare yet that you can go you can make a whole list out of it i haven't watched the second one apparently there's a second one i don't i think i've that seen it and i think i tried to forget it just don't do, it it doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a Christmas story too. I didn't even watch the live one either. Like I was like, I'm not getting anyone to ruin my favorite, one of my favorite all time favorite movies. So some things don't need sequels. Agreed. Okay, Dan, what's your number twelve? My number twelve is Jingle All the Way. Oh, uh, Shannon no. hates that. It's come on. <laughs> no. Man, you guys, you're, you're killing me, Smalls. Oh, Is that one of your favorites, too, Matt? I love Jingle All the oh, Way. Put that movie <laughs> down now! that movie so oh, much. No, I'm so sorry. much. Honestly, it's probably my number four movie. I'm going oh. to be honest. See, I feel like it's number four of like the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, Arnold rubs people the wrong way, so I understand. Like, I'm, I'm not so- going to be here and be like, how? Dare you talk down about it? I think it's just I don't like the movie. He certainly rubs <laughs> his family the wrong way in that movie. Ew. <laughs> You're not wrong. It seems kind like an the mo- it's it's like the movie where it's like it's almost completely realistic and then it goes Looney Tunes crazy at a certain yeah. point and it oh. doesn't come back. See, I think with people like I you either find people that absolutely love the movie, like me, and then you'll either find people that hate the movie and think it's one of the worst movies like your wife well, it's my number 12 it's, so. it's true i mean i guess we'll we'll just cut into that's my number 11 so we'll make that we'll make that an easy segue um <laughs> the uh, arnold big shows in that movie so yes he is arnold can do comedy i wouldn't say it's great comedy i i feel like there are definitely better actors when it comes to putting in a comedic role like, he's not the funniest comedic actor, but he plays it so over the top, whether that's intentional or not, that it becomes very entertaining. And 
I think Sinbad was the perfect foil for him, as well Agreed. as Phil Hartman. Sinbad and oh, Phil man, Hartman. I forgot about yeah. Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad's in that. Yeah, he's the mailman. He's like, I got a bomb in this box. <laughs> this then... is a sick world with sick people. <laughs> yeah, because like the bomb goes off, and it's like the cartoon bomb where everybody's just got smoke on their face. Yeah, it's like twenty <laughs> cops should have blown up in a. <laughs> radio station well clearly he's not a very good bomb maker. in downtown minneapolis <laughs> with his uh hands covered with plaster and stuff because he burnt his hands the uh the the big negative i will say about jingle all the way no one's gonna disagree with me on this is uh fuck jake lloyd Who is that? yeah anakin skywalker that's young anakin uh, oh jamie that's yeah jamie right. i got to get the turbo man for jamie yeah, he's very annoying, so I have no problem. And Chris Parnell was one of the workers at the store that laughs in his face. Oh, I love Chris Parnell. Whether he's Cyril or Jerry, he's still great. Yeah, but I can under I understand why people don't like this movie. I think it's pretty oh, entertaining, okay. but it is pretty freaking off the wall. However, it has one of the most relatable plots in any Christmas movie. That's the popular true. toy cannot get access and people are literally fighting over it uh, you could have made the like same a movie about playstation Pop 5 yeah oh. <laughs> good luck to i don't know i don't know what, what what like what the issue is hey i mean i have one on my name on it i just don't have it <laughs> i mean i have mine on right now while i'm watching soccer so well, isn't that nice <laughs> wow that's great it's it's, dude, it's i'll own awesome. one never because <laughs> i got a pc <laughs> I'm gonna play the elitist card. We also have I mean, oh my god, I got a PC also. <laughs> I also have a Raspberry Pi. Mm, Not the actual. Alright, well that was my number eleven. So Dan, go ahead with your number eleven. Okay, so my number eleven is Home Alone. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Classic. Classic. Uh the original Home Alone, correct? Yes, OG. First one? Yes. What, we just, we're not talking about Home Alone 3 with Scarlett Johansson? We are never talking about Home Alone 3, because that's not a Christmas movie. I saw that in a theater at a sneak preview before it actually came out. Uh, it's it's such a great classic, and for, for us, it's a movie we grew up with. You know, because Macaulay Culkin's not much older than Dan and myself. So, it's a... What, what I appreciate about the movie, it's a Chris Columbus film, and he filled in all the gaps. Like, test audiences were like, there's no way a mother would actually forget her child for for a trip to Europe. So he actually filled in all the gaps to make sure that it could it would be plausible. Kevin's ticket. And she remembers him as soon trash. as they get on the actual plane. Yeah. Kevin's ticket getting thrown in the trash, the, running late so there's chaos. Uh they count the, the neighbor kid. Counted. Yeah, they count the yeah. neighbor yep. kid. What I love about Home Alone though is that I've always appreciated the fact that say what you will about Macaulay Culkin's later years, but Every every report I've ever heard is as a child actor, he was very mature and very easy to work with. And That's what I heard, too. So, There's so I, on uh, the movies that made us on Netflix, they have yeah. they cover this movie. And and it's it's so much fun. And of course, you have Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern as the burglars. And they could have played it so they could have played it too cheesy, and I think they got just the right balance. Agreed. I just, I think Daniel, uh, sorry, Stern is just sure. like, he, he's so underappreciated, I feel, 
in comedy movies, but he's just so good. Because he makes pretty bad movies, but he's always good in them. Agreed. So I mean, I loved him in Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah, dude, Brigma, the pitching coach? Yeah, man. That's a great movie. Hey, you've directed that movie. (laughs) Like, I've I've seen other stuff he's been in that just wasn't good, but he always puts... He's kind of like a Christopher Walken type. No matter what the movie is, he's doing it because he wants to do it and have fun with it. Yep, and just you like can... how... And uh, that's the same thing with Joe Pesci, though. Everything I've ever seen Joe Pesci in is great. And we already know he he has variety. We've seen him in Goodfellas. What, mm-hmm. a, what a sleazy character he can be. But then we've also seen him in My Cousin Vinny, where <laughs> he's just absolutely hysterical. So Joe Pesci's another one where I, I think he gets a bad rep for always being typecast but i think his range is a lot more a lot broader than anybody's going to give him credit for yeah and we'll talk about this on my list but in when it comes to home alone i very much appreciate the fact that it's a lot of uh it's a lot of slapstick comedy Mm -hmm. and kevin really did plan for every eventuality of where they were going to go and how they were going to do it Except so, for when he gets to the neighbor's house. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, except for that part, but... I mean, it's not his house. It's understandable. What makes me wonder is if the neighbor saw that his house was being broken into, why he did, it took him so long to step in. And why he wasn't, like, out there... Or why he didn't tell him once they trusted each other during the service what was going on. Well, I think that just goes to the, the Kevin McAllister character, because... He didn't even tell his parents what happened. He just, you know, he's a kid. Kids are scared of the dark. You're afraid of the dark too, Marv. (laughs) Yeah, uh, very good movie, very entertaining, and uh, Uncle Frank can fuck off. Yeah, he's a dick, but honestly... Look at what you did, you you little jerk. Little jerk. Also, I appreciate them flipping the script that the youngest kid is actually the biggest, the biggest, uh loser instead of the young kid always being the one that everybody fawned over whether it's michelle tanner or little brady this i just time... feel like that like his whole family were just like a bunch of jerks because i rewatched home alone and i was just like man they're all just kind of assholes <laughs> yeah and what does his dad do for a living to afford that house i, I mean i, I, agree I need with to you know on that. Like, these what, are things what, what we is... need to know and that's in what? Chicago area? That's not exactly a... Uh, yeah. A he has to be area. like uh, a lawyer or something. Something like that, yeah. Well, maybe that explains the assholeness in the family. Maybe they're both lawyers. <clears throat> I mean, hell, I his brother's that. place in Paris has a view of the Eiffel Tower outside his living room window. So the whole family yeah. is clearly doing well. Oh, well. All right, so that's... uh. That was number 11 for Dan. Let's go to my number 10. And I, I people are going to go, oh, I can't believe this is so low on your list, but it's still in the top 10. And it is a Christmas movie. It's called Die Hard. And it is a Christmas movie. It is not a Christmas movie. Christmas is central and essential to the plot of the movie. If it was not Christmas, none of the things would have happened during that movie. It's I agree Christmas with that statement. Movie. You know, I've, I've heard an argument that said that... Uh, they could it could have been any party. It didn't have to be Christmas, but it's Christmas, therefore it's a Christmas movie. 
It's not. It's a, a Christmas card. Christmas party during Christmas time set in the Christmas time. So, you know, it, it it's a Christmas movie in my opinion. Okay, so well, I agree well, with you. Well here's the thing. If you don't if you don't want to associate it as a Christmas movie, you don't have to. That I'm I'm not gonna actually fight people on that. But Agreed. you can't deny it's one of the best action movies of all time. I've also extremely quotable. I've never seen it. I can't I don't know that you would actually like it. That's the thing, because I know you. I don't really like action. But you like Alan Rickman? Rickman yeah, is like, fucking I like great Professor in Snape. Well, so you like Alan Rickman? So do you like it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's still Alan Yeah, but you also did a, a lot more. Like saying that I just like Gary Oldman because he's serious black is doesn't necessarily. It's not the same thing. Well, yeah. but I've always given, I've always given Die Hard a watch around Christmas time because. You know, they play Christmas music during the credits and everything. And... Do you have any Christmas music? This is Christmas music. <laughs> <laughs> but my big thing with Die Hard is one of... There is an argument against the movie being a Christmas movie because of when it was released. Because it was released as a summer blockbuster. And I actually really hate that specific argument against it. Because if we're going to use that as logic then every, there's a ton of horror movies people love to watch around Halloween time that therefore no longer qualify to be Halloween movies. And if we're going for time frame, then the entire new Star Wars trilogy, as well as the entire Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies, are Christmas movies, if that's how we're playing this game. So don't use that in your argument. You can use the action movie thing. You can, you can argue against it because it doesn't feel festive. But... Don't go for the release date argument, because I'm going to shoot that one down. Other than that, there's not much to say, really to say about Die Hard that hasn't already been said. Oh no, you're one of them! Except, <laughs> don't ever see the fifth movie, it doesn't exist. Which one's that? Is that the one with the sun? Yeah, I will say that is a, a guilty pleasure movie for me. No. Even oh, four is still fun, even though it's more outrageous. Four has Kevin Smith in it, so I give that one a pass. Who, who I then mean, gives I, I, the entire plot of the movie? <laughs> I, I do enjoy the fourth one too. I thought it was good, but that's just me. I actually don't like the second one that much because I feel like it borrowed. It didn't do anything super original from the first one and three. We could have we could have been friends. Three is <laughs> three friends. is phenomenal because of Sam Jackson. Was it part yeah. two where the maintenance man is just like, just like Iwo Jima? <laughs> uh, there is an argument, however, that Die Hard 2 is a better Christmas movie than the original. And that one I probably couldn't participate in because it's actually a pretty solid argument. So, Well, I mean, like, the airport's decorated and they're in the airport the whole time. So, yeah. so. <laughs> But yeah, I... I do thoroughly like that movie, and I will put it on my list. And people could say, oh, it's so low. But whatever, it's Die Hard. Die Hard makes the cut every time. What do you got number 10, Dan? My number 10 is The Santa Claus. Ah. Wait, which Santa Claus? The Tim Allen one? The first, or... the first Tim Allen, The Santa Claus. Because there's another, there's a couple of them that are just No, close. not the one where he fights Satan. God, I hope not. <laughs> Oh yeah, I saw. <laughs> I discovered that also when I was like just Santa. searching for things about the Santa Claus, and I was like, "Whoa, there's way more yeah. Santa Claus movies that I needed to know about." We're talking about the Santa Claus with the E. With an E, yes. 
That's my absolute favorite. I saw this in the theater. So did I. So did I. It's I great. I have too. It's so much fun. I haven't actually seen the sequels, though, but I've heard the oh, second one's not so very good. good. I like it. I like the Santa well, Claus 2. 2 is just like, watch how this just, the formula comes together, right? Like, as an issue happens, see it immediately get, how, how it's going to immediately be put, put together. A formulaic sequel is what you're saying. Uh, but it's okay. a fun ride. Okay. The third one, though, on the other hand, I'm, I'm, uh, meh. I like it. Yeah, it got Martin Short, and it's just like, I think that's the only it. redeeming quality of the movie, to be honest with you, is that Martin Short's in it. I do like the Santa Claus, though. That's a very fun movie. Agreed. Um, coming in at number nine on my list is probably the most modern Christmas classic that we've gotten. And I think that after watching The Mandalorian and the revival of the MCU, I think Jon Favreau is a genius. And when he made Elf, he could have easily just made a generic crappy Christmas movie and made Will Ferrell... Because there's only two Will Ferrells. There's the great Will Ferrell and the horrible Will Ferrell. He doesn't have a middle ground. He's either brilliant or he's awful. And this could have been so obnoxious with how they made Buddy the Elf, but they actually made him to be an incredibly endearing and fun character. But I think that also goes with a lot of the cast. Because look at everybody who's in that movie. And tell me that that there was any chance that this movie could have failed as a modern Christmas classic. James Conn playing the straightest straight man that ever straighted. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure Ralphie from A Christmas Story is the elf, one of the elves in the store. I think elf. you're right. I'd have to actually look at the cast. But, you know, they have Ed Asner as the Santa. Yes. And I but always I enjoyed will... that. Pop my elf get... is Bob Newhart. I, I might get a lot of hate for this, but... I, I'm going to be honest, I am not a fan of the Elf movie. It's not one of my favorites. Well, there's I, one. I, 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 I love haven't seen it. I've only seen, like, a snippet and, like, the last 10, 15 minutes. Well, damn. Okay. Then I guess we don't have much to talk about here. It's just, like, I, I don't know what it was. It, it just, like, I, I, I love Pharaoh and I love Christmas movies, but that movie just kind of, like, I don't know what it was. I just didn't. It might have been also that like everyone loved it and they like and before I saw it just like talked about mm. like a lot about it and it just like and so like I knew what was going to happen and it just I'm like oh this movie feels overhyped. It was the same thing that happened with me with um oh, God I can't even think of the movie's name Super Bad like Super Bad came out everyone saw it I didn't see it yet they all quoted it and I knew what was going to happen so I, I didn't see it for ten years and I was glad of it. You know what? Uh-huh. I could see that too because I saw that when it came out and I loved it. But I I could see that being in the same boat there. So it's just like if someone likes if people constantly talk about a certain movie that I haven't seen, like I'll then go into it like knowing everything that's happened, and then I'll be like, well, this movie wasn't as great as everyone said it was. That's a shame. Do you like Elf, Shannon? I do like it. I can see where you're coming from. As like, it's an it's an okay movie. I mean, I really like. Will Ferrell in it. I don't know. I don't... It's just okay. I love his fight with Peter Dinklage. Call me an elf one more time. He just (laughs) jumps up on a table and runs at him. (laughs) I will say that was a good scene. (laughs) I mean, they have so many people in that movie that 
I mean, they even have Ray Harryhausen in it. So, yeah. Um, what's the name of the actor who plays Ralphie? Oh, God. Because I'm, I'm, lo- I'm looking at the cast list right now, and I'm trying to see if he's in it or not. Yep, there he is. Peter Billingsley. That's him. He's Ming Ming, and he's uncredited. But yep, he's in there. Yep. So you were you were correct about that. But yeah, I can understand that. What do you got at number nine, Dan? My number nine is Joya Noel. You know, I saw that for the first time when you and I reviewed that for Talkin' Talkies, and I really liked it. So it's the story... It is a story of a battle during World War One, where both sides decided to not fight on Christmas morning. Interesting. But it's in original things. So the French soldiers speak French. The German soldiers speak German. And the English and American and Canadian soldiers speak English. So you have to read two-thirds of the movie. I know. I'm really not a big subtitle guy, but I did really enjoy this movie. And of course, it's based on a true story because then after Christmas, they find it so hard to go back to battle with each other because they just broke bread the previous day. And it becomes a major turning point in the war. If you can find a copy of this, I highly recommend you watch it. Also, meanwhile, a mile away, all of the generals and people are living fat and fancy. Yep. Big plot point there, too. Yeah, really good. And I'm not, like I said, I'm really not a subtitle guy. Um, I'm not big into war movies, really, but this was this was a brilliant film. Highly recommend it. Good pick. Uh, coming in at number eight on my list is a classic special from 1966, the animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Love oh, the Grinch. Great movie. It's absolutely one of my favorites. It's... It's Dr. Seuss, so it's so much fun. It's got memorable music with the, the that song, Thurl Ravencroft singing, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Um, and I remember one of my favorite reviews I ever saw was they, they called it an instructional video because it was How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and they literally show him doing it. <laughs> and, that's, and that's one of my favorite reviews I've ever heard for that movie. <laughs> How, how the Grinch stole Christmas? Like he literally steals it. So, one, in case anyone needs to know, here is the blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's great, and you know they've done they've done the live action one with Jim Carrey, which is oh, a cult I favorite. That one. Yeah, and I like it. Did not I, do well and was not received well, but I think it's pretty good. It's still fun. I like which one? That. The new, and then the new one with. With Benedict so Cumberbatch. Yes, Benedict Cumberbatch. I actually haven't seen the new one. I yet. haven't seen that one. Nah, I haven't either. I've I don't really have a desire to see I've it. I've heard so. it's okay, but Same. it's not. It's one of those. It's what's the, what's the uh, the Vince McMahon quote? All sizzle, no steak. It's one of those yeah. deals. So it is what it is. Uh, if you. Maybe maybe one day I'll give it a watch, but I have no desire to. I just I still like sticking to the classic, and he reminds me a lot of my one cat because he gets so uh, annoyed by noise, and, and that's our cat Lily who she just what about the noise? Yeah, that's that's our cat right there. I hate noise. 
Because every piece of noise in this house, she gets the most pissed off look on her face. You dare make a noise while I'm living here? Who yeah. do you think you are? You blinked. That made a noise. Yeah. You know how I feel about noise. I exist, guys. That's, how yeah. dare that's, you? That's the cat. <laughs> but yes, uh, always going to love the animated Grinch. How about you, Dan? What do you got for number eight? Uh, my number eight is a Christmas story. Ah, well, oh. we already talked about that. So there you go. Any any thoughts, Matt, on your favorite movie being so low on our list? No, like, I can see why people... I, like, the thing is, I could see why people would have it low, too. You know, like, it is played 24 fucking hours on, you know, <laughs> Christmas you can, Eve You to can Christmas. blame Ted Turner for that. I mean, I'm not going to blame Ted Turner because I'll keep it on my TV for the 24 hours. So, <laughs> well, there you go. I, I don't I don't get bored of the movie because I purposely wait to watch the movie on Christmas. So, my like, whole thing though is it. that that's a cool concept and everything, but I get so annoyed turning it on in the middle and then having to sit through commercials. I own it on DVD, so if I want to watch it, I'll just pop it in. Oh yeah, I own it on Blu-ray now too. So, yeah, so you gotta do that. Okay, like if I if I get annoyed, then I. <laughs> But also when commercials come on, you know, bathroom break, food yeah, break. Yeah, true. How many bathroom you know. breaks do you need? <laughs> Listen, if I'm chugging, if, <laughs> if I'm chugging coffee and I'm chugging water, I'm going to need the bathroom. <laughs> look, look, okay. So I chug pink drinks like there's no tomorrow, which is highly refreshing. And I don't even need to pee that much. I mean, I think we need to see a doctor at this point. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I thought you said paint drinks and I was like, what the fuck are you drinking? <laughs> I'm like, paint drinks? It's a specialty. Starbucks. Starbucks. Did you eat paint sir. chips when you were young? <laughs> that was my favorite snack. Thank you very much. <laughs> it explains a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, wait, on that happy note, we'll move on to, <laughs> to uh, number seven on my list. Everybody, please prepare to dance repetitively. It's a Charlie Brown Christmas. Okay. Another, just a fun, classic, easy-to-relate-to story. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a, it's definitely a, a timepiece or uh, a product of its time, I should say, because the, the movie has absolutely no budget, and anything animated with no budget could be the crappiest thing you've ever seen, but they make this work. Agreed. I agree. It had no budget. It that. looked like it had a low budget. <laughs> it had. Oh, I'm sure there was some money in there, but. Probably My not whole much. thing is. I mean, I love that one so much, but that's in. Okay. Lucy is the biggest bitch. She, she is so <laughs> She's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world? Yes. She's so unnecessarily mean to poor Charlie Brown. And I agree. But but what I absolutely do love is uh, that Charlie Brown, despite everything, he never actually loses the spirit once he gets there. Agreed. We have the tree. And that's a good testament to Linus's friendship, too, because Linus keeps him there. Now, I have one problem with the Charlie Brown Christmas movie, or Christmas story, and that has nothing to do with the actual movie. And when I was going through songs for my list... I, I came across Linus and Lucy, a.k.a. the Charlie Brown theme. 
Mm. And I hate that that's associated as a Christmas song because not only does it not feature in this movie at all, or if it does very little, it features much more prominently in It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. It's like the theme song for Peanuts. Yeah. So I don't I don't get that and I don't like that that I like that song. I think it's a fun song, but I don't like that it's a Christmas song on the radio. I've always kind of hated that. But other than that, uh Charlie Brown is a classic and I don't care for a lot of the other Charlie Brown specials that they've done, but I will always watch The Great Pumpkin at Halloween, which is actually I probably like that better than The Christmas Story just cuz I think it's funnier. But I also appreciate the Christmas story message of, yes, there is too much commercialism in Christmas, and maybe it just needs to be about the spirit, which it is. Mm-hmm. Dan? Yes. Number, my number seven? Yes. <clears throat> is The Nightmare Before Christmas. One of my absolute favorites. Always a classic. A big go-to for me. I actually watched this as my very first hype-up Halloween movie. I will watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Absolutely. absolutely. We watch Nightmare Before Christmas for Halloween and Christmas. We do. Because it falls under both in our our lives. Yes, it does. I think that's a good debate worth having, is is I've heard very convincing debates of it's a Halloween movie because... Of its release date. There's that argument again. This town? The town of Halloween. Halloween. It's a Christmas movie because it takes place at Christmas. Kind of like the Die Hard argument. You know what? I'm going to say... I'm going to call it. This is the rare example of a movie that's doing both. I I can see that. And killing it. And killing it. And there is... Don't don't follow your passions. Yes, don't follow your passions. Uh, There's also a... uh, the movies that made us on this. So you can watch that 45 minute documentary piece. As much as I absolutely love, love this movie, there are some things about it that get a little cringe. Like it just go, just watch the scene where Jack goes to see Dr. Finkelstein and just listen to the dialogue. I don't know why the dialogue is so terrible in that particular scene, but that might just be a Tim Burton thing because Edward Scissorhands has weird dialogue in it. Like, I don't know if that's just a stamp of his, but, but if I'm going to be honest, uh, I really don't like a nightmare before Christmas. So you won't really hear me discuss it. (laughs) Well, uh, you better hope I don't get imposter tonight. I mean, (laughs) I already said, I think (laughs) from last week, I put on killing you every single time first if i'm imposter so that works it's understandable well (laughs) great that's gonna be great when i don't die (laughs) either we're both crewmates or yeah yeah we're both imposter (laughs) the biggest thing i've heard about nightmare before christmas from a lot of negativity is people hate how many people make it their personality and that i can i can associate with because the obsession of any kind of occult following can take things too far. And as much as I love this movie, I also don't want to see it everywhere as a dominating mm-hmm. thing. The, the thing is for me is it's not like 
it's because I'm not that big of a Tim Burton fan. Like, I love Batman, I love Sleepy Hollow, and I love Beetlejuice, but those are the only movies that I love from Tim Burton. Tim Burton is very hit or miss. Unfortunately, we both paid to see Alice in Wonderland in the theater. (laughs) I am... Let me apologize for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I need an apology from you. I need an apology from him. <laughs> God, that was not good. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I get it. But I love that movie. And for me, the main reason why I love the movie is it's combining my absolute two favorite holidays. And no other movie really does that. In fact, one of the only other movies I can even think of off the top of my head that prominently features Halloween and Christmas, maybe not prominently, but in a big way, is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Actually, I was going to ask, do we consider Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone a Christmas movie? Well, ABC Family does. I don't. <laughs> They'll use any, they use anything to get a Harry Potter weekend out, though. Yeah, I that's mean, true. That's true. <laughs> but, I mean, they do celebrate, celebrate <laughs> Christmas. In the movie, so technically, I mean, that's like the same argument that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I mean, by that logic, then Goblet of Fire is more of a Christmas movie because that actually has a whole dance revolving around Christmas Day. And then that's true, but they also in Sorcerer's Stone like make it kind of like a big thing about Harry getting presents on Christmas. And then Order of the Phoenix actually has like a whole couple of chapters. Yeah, the book does, but the, unfortunately, the movie doesn't. Well, that book is like 900 pages. You're not fitting that into a movie. <sighs> Such a shame. I, I mean, I would have been okay with watching a five-hour movie. Well, come on. I would have. For Harry Potter? Hell yeah. I, I'm down with that. I'd watch whatever length movie. I'd yeah, really as long I... as it like has everything in it, then I'm... Not everything, but most of the stuff in it. I'd as long okay. as they get the last battle between Harry and Voldemort correct, I'm good. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> That's true. That is a whole other podcast. We're going to have that podcast down the line because oh, we're passionate about Harry Potter and we can definitely get into, you know what? I'm just going to, I would just slam my fist on the table and go, where the fuck is Peeves? And that's my entire argument behind why the books uh, are better. Yeah. And uh, how about Harry fixing his wand? Uh, my God. Oh, uh-huh. <sighs> Okay, anyways, this is Christmas podcast. Yeah, and Dobby doesn't exist anywhere. (sighs) All right. Shall we? That was your number seven, Dan? Yes. Okay. At number six, I have... I I can never remember if it's Disney's Christmas Carol or Mickey's Christmas Carol. But it's Mickey's. The 30-minute Scrooge McDuck is Ebenezer Scrooge special. That is... It's so quick, and it's perfect, actually. It's absolutely perfect. Perfect casting. Uh, perfect storytelling, and it even has Disney charm with it. What more could you ask for? I mean, I don't know. A certain number, <laughs> another Carol is going to pop up probably towards well, number yeah. one. List, list spoiler. It's my second favorite telling of a Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there may be another one on well, my we list. We all know which one that oh, is. Yeah, um, that will probably be my number three favorite Christmas it movie. Is going to bring it up. One, so um... there you go. Uh, yeah, uh, Scrooge McDuck is perfect casting, of course. Um, oh, Scrooge playing Scrooge? Who would have thought? Who would have ever thought? <laughs> Just absolutely perfect. But they get everything right in this one. 
I mean, what? they even somehow make Goofy as a terrible person playing Jacob Marley work. Listen, you're not going to hear any arguments from me. <laughs> it's it's absolutely perfect, and it's one of the greatest things about Disney Plus is that I now have access to that special. Very true. Because I didn't yeah, own watch it previously. last year for the first time since I was a kid. Yeah, just because it's, it's available. It's so good, and it's like yeah, like you guys said, it's it's very quick, but it tells the story exactly the way it needs to. Yes, highly recommended. How about you, Dan? What do you got? Number six. My number six is. Die Hard. Oh, well, we talked about oh, that. Oh, wow. That's actually very high up. I wasn't expecting that, but... I get it, because that's a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I understand, understand why it would be high on the list, too. It's on. A, it's high on a lot of people's lists, actually, so I, I really shouldn't have been surprised, to be honest, but... Uh, I'm going to go for my number five, we've already talked about, is the first Home Alone. Okay. So let's move on to Dan's number five. Actually, my top five are all movies... And or specials that I absolutely watch every year okay. without fail. There you go. So my number five is A Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes. Okay. And it's so good. It really is. As simple as it is. Uh, at number four, now this is where the controversy is going to come in, but let me plead my case here. At number four, I have Home Alone 2. I don't know. Why would that be a controversy? Uh, there's a lot of people who actually don't like Home Alone 2. That's well, those people are wrong. It's a simple answer here. Yeah. You wrong. have your opinion, but your opinion is your wrong. Your opinion is wrong, exactly. So here's My, my, my Bostonian is going to come out and say, you're wrong. So, ah, okay, go ahead. Sorry. So here's, here's the thing about Home Alone 2 that I appreciate the most. It's very, very easy to phone in a comedy sequel. Mm-hmm. And borrow from the original and make it boring. I'm looking at you, the hangover. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and all that recycled crap from the first movie doesn't deliver. It's very rare that a comedy sequel is good. The reason why I believe Home Alone 2 is, again, and it's only one spot up on my list over the original. But here's here's my the reason why I believe Home Alone 2 is good. It borrows and enhances from the first movie starting with kevin's kevin causing a ruckus they find a different mm-hmm. way to do it that's yep. still a natural way to do it buzz embarrassing him they uh they don't forget him but they find a different way for him to get separated again yep. they dot the i's and cross the t's because it's all incredibly he's plausible. supposed to be wi- he's supposed to be there yep and they don't realize it till they land when they're trying to give him his bag. Although they should have checked when they got on the plane. They should have, but, but whatever, again... Whatever, they could be bad parents, that's fine. They could be. I mean, they were in first class. They weren't going to check. They were, they were <laughs> yeah. like, F those kids. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And none of the kids even cared. And what I'll even... I guess Go ahead. I'll even Sorry. say this. Uh, the mother's scream in the second one is even funnier than the first one because she Agreed. screeches it and then faints immediately. I will, say, I will say one of my favorite comedy scenes for any comedy movie is in Home Alone 2. And oh. that is Daniel Stern getting electrocuted. Yeah, it's <laughs> so good. When he turns into the skeleton. <laughs> oh, boy, yep, I die every time. He's got Kevin more lives than a cat. Yeah, dude. His 
his screech became legendary. And they do overuse it a little bit in this one, but that's because it worked so well for the tarantula scene in the first one that they had to reuse it. <laughs> and then you get that when he gets stuck in between the hotel rooms and Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When the maid comes and gets him, he's just flat. Uh, um, it's an entirely plausible situation. Well, for 1992, it is not not today. Of no. getting separated, getting on a plane, and again, it comes from it comes from people just being rushed at the holiday. I mean, Kevin puts headphones on, so he completely misses the airline attendant saying he's going to New York. Yep, and then. Because he's got his dad's credit card, he realizes he's just going to do whatever the hell he wants. Because why not? So why not check into the fancy hotel that the people from the game show go to? Exactly. You know, and, and plus, uh, oh, the, you know, <laughs> Tim Curry's in it. So, as well, is the president of our United States. Yeah, let's not get started on that. Yeah, we, unfortunately, we don't talk about that on this podcast. That's not, not a not topic there. But you know what? One of my favorite memes I've ever seen, though, is say what you want about the president, but I didn't see anybody else helping Kev- Kevin find the lobby. <laughs> you know what? Tim Curry as the concierge is my could be my entire argument as to why this is better than the first one, and I think I could just win on that alone. Agreed. you. <laughs> the 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 crooks arriving in New York City is completely plausible because they're they're escaping, they're mm-hmm. going somewhere where they're not going to be identified, but. You know, they they up the ante here. They're not just casing a neighborhood. They're actually stealing from Children's Hospital charity. So Kevin actually becomes more of a hero. He's not protecting his home. Now he's actually protecting sick children. So you could even make an argument that Kevin, Kevin even levels up in this one. Agreed. And the pigeon lady, it just like uh, old man Marley, is... Uh, a very easy character to to make as kind of a sequel character, but she works for her role. And she saves him, of course. And again, everything just falls into place. And the one thing I love about this movie more than the first one is that the first one is just slapstick comedy happening to these guys. This one is straight up Wiley Coyote shit. <laughs> they should be dead. 100% dead. And this hit was like the cat. pan and falls down three floors through holes in the in the in the ground. Yeah. They get hit, yeah, getting hit by the metal bar in the face, the freaking the bricks to the head. Massive electric like yeah, electrocution. The electrocution. <laughs> Strap him to a chair next time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so it and again they fall for it because they're just they're convinced that this can't be. He can't have set up for them, but but he did. It's his uncle's house that's under construction, and they don't know that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, they get what's coming to them, and then they get, and you know, and I'll say this too: one of the biggest hit and miss comedic actors out there is Rob Schneider. When he's oh, missing, yeah. he's missing hard, but when he hits, he's brilliant, and he's so good as as the bellhop. Agreed. And he just catches on to the stick of gum thing after a while, and it like, becomes a dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. Hmm. Must be a family thing. Yeah. <laughs> nice family. And I even love the ending line, too. Instead of, uh, Kevin, what did you do to my room? It's Kevin's room service bill. 
They even make the Angels with Filthier Souls work as a sequel joke. Yep. So, plus, it sold the Talkboy. There you go. I will defend I got one. Home Alone 2 to the death. I'll join you with that. There you go. All right, Dan, your turn. Number four. Number four is the original version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yes. Again, so, just so good, so well done. It's it's such a classic cartoon. It tells a great story. And it yeah. has a good message. Christmas doesn't come from a store. Got that, Before... Charlie Brown? <laughs> Before you go to your number three, I'm going to just throw my number four is yes. Scrooge. Scrooge is oh, brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. If if the list went past 12, it would have it would have definitely been on mine. It's so good. Well, 13 is, is a lucky number. Yes, that's true. Lucky 13. Yep. You should have gone to 13. It's not the 13 days of Christmas, though. He has a point. <laughs> hey, we could have done 25 days of Christmas. But then could have. Be... I, I could have I could have done it. <laughs> but this would be a five hour podcast then. So... <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, that's Scrooge is so great. I, I love it. Dan, does that rank Phenomenal. on yours? Scrooged? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I think I've only seen it once, but yeah, it's oh, really good. It's good. It's so good. It's so good. I, I like how it's the idea is that he for the television station he's putting on the play above it while it's happening to him in real life. Yeah. And that, and that one of the ghosts is physically abusive to him the entire time, too. <laughs> Some of that movie is, like, really, like, it makes me sick to watch just, like, the visuals, but it is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Bill Murray's one of my favorite actors, so it's... it's... He is a treasure. National treasure. Oh, yeah, He's agree. the mayor of Pawnee. Yep. It's Groundhog's Day again. <laughs> again. I mean, everybody knows my favorite Bill Murray movie is always going to be Ghostbusters. Oh, it's, it, that but, was one of my favorite election memes, though. It was like, well, it's election day again. Again. <laughs> Dude, Ghostbusters was a movie that I appreciated. I loved it as a kid because it was fun. But I, it only got better for me as I got older because I Agreed. started to understand Bill Murray's sense of humor better. Yeah, well, I mean, Ghostbusters is the first thing I ever liked growing up. So. Yeah, so good. We could do a whole Bill Murray appreciation podcast. Yep, we we one hundred percent could. Um, as we head to top three territory, we've already talked about this. My number three is Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Uh, what do you got, Dan? My number three is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That is my number one. My number two. That is my number one. <laughs> It, so, it, it it's a switch with between a Christmas story and a Christmas vacation as my number one. Yeah, I love Christmas Vacation. That is the that is the traditional first Christmas movie we watch every year. Chris will literally recite the entire movie year round. I can. <laughs> Why is my, the floor uh, Those are I matching lovely Christmas sweaters. Yes, we have oh the my... Christmas sweaters. I'm not gonna lie. I bought those from because my we usually do a Christmas. Uh, party for like my mom's side of the family uh, like on the 14th of december and but since you know covid we can't and my sister and i were going to do an ugly sweater and those were going to be our ugly sweaters that's awesome that, that's ours <laughs> <laughs> i know uh our, our good friend ellis has those sweaters too ellis if you're listening we'll give you a shout out here um yeah that's uh it's such a okay. it so, again, another actor who sometimes he's brilliant and sometimes he's not is Chevy Chase. 
Okay. Always an asshole, apparently. Yeah. And but the vacation movies are just fun in general. And yeah. this one works because this to me is the most relatable Christmas movie ever. Everyone mm-hmm. can relate to the family the family crap. Um, everybody can relate to a guy being sleazy because there's an attractive woman in front of him. Everyone can relate to the the nameless facelessness that you have in a big corporation or in, in any job where your boss doesn't really know who you are and is can be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a weird family relative that they would prefer doesn't come around, but then does. Yep. Uh, you know, and then all the slapstick scenes work really well, whether he's putting up the lights or the sled scene. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> and it features my all-time favorite rant in any movie ever. Oh God! <laughs> I've heard Holy this shit! So where's the times, title, guys? Yeah. So many times. Yes, I, I, I do but, actively. Um... We actually have three Christmas vacation ornaments. We have, we have him shaking the box with the cat in it. We have Clark uh, with the squirrel on his back, and we have cousin Eddie's RV. And we have to push the button on it every time we put up the ornament. Obviously. I mean, I have a lock, shock, and barrel that plays the last rift of Kidnap the Sandy Claws, and I always press that one. I love my ornaments. I have a, I have a Jessica Rabbit, a Harley Quinn. I have a Baby Yoda. Grogu. 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 But yes, I have, but we have... We even have the, um, the, uh, the, the Wally World glass. Oh yeah, my god. Do. We do have, but yeah, the, um, we have the moose glasses. My family, we always consider ourselves the Griswolds because we all like something always happens ridiculously on Christmas, and we call my dad Sparky. So that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> like literally, we we call him Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The best is uh, the best is it does have like that coming that message from Clark himself about where he realizes the spirit of Christmas after everything. Mm-hmm blows up on him and i've always appreciated that in the during the credits he finally shows affection to the dog is the last thing you see before it fades to black it's not it's not if you guys don't mind uh there's a certain someone that wants to finally make his appearance and i think we know who that is and that would be lovely eric is finally got his mic oh eric and he wants me to add him to the call so he's going to join us in progress. Ain't that cute? Yeah. Typical Eric. Typical Typ- Eric. Typical Eric Flores. Typical Eric Flores. Howdy, fellas. Howdy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Christmas miracle. Eric's here. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know where my headset is, but fuck it. I'll just keep going with it. What a mess, man. What a mess. That's dedication right there. Oh. Remind me to send you a picture of the hole in the wall. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Send us a picture of the hole in the wall. Well, you, oh, we're only about so an hour can. into the recording, Eric, so thank you for joining us for hour two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not bad. Not bad. It's Good okay. timing. So, uh, yes. So, on top of... Uh, so, I've already introduced special guest Shannon and special guest Matt, but hey, guys, it's Eric. <laughs> hey! We'll retroactively do this. We're just talking about our favorite Christmas movies, Eric, and... Uh, we are now at the last two, though. Yeah. Oh, we'll uh, wrap up well, I mean, our I'm... list, and then we can go through, we can go through Eric's have, list. Oh, hey, listen, I don't have a huge list. I can pretty much catch you up. Uh, plus, the videos that I was going to mention aren't actually movies. 
They're just things I like to do around the holidays. That's fair, man. We'll we'll get to your list. Let's just we're pretty close to the end, so let's finish this up. Uh, uh, number three for me is a Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes. Well. I'll just go ahead and say this now. Muppet Christmas Carol was my number two, just like Christmas Vacation was my number one. So we're going to pretty much kill the list now. Christmas Carol, yeah. Christmas Carol was my number one. Okay, so then we're... and then All we have left is my number two, then. <laughs> yeah, so... Muppet so let's talk about Christmas Carol, then. Muppet yeah, Christmas Muppet Carol, Christmas Carol then. is my favorite version of the Christmas Carol story. Agreed. It actually features Charles Dickens, yep. represented by Gonzo. It has Rizzo the Rat. As just Rizzo the Rat. As just Rizzo the Rat. <laughs> and my favorite my favorite trivia piece about this movie is that uh Um Oh my god. I I might actually have to go and read the trivia because I'm trying to remember right, so exactly let's talk how, about how I great think... Michael Keaton is in this movie. He plays it so straight. That yeah, yeah. He basically he he agreed to do it, but he said he wanted to play it as a straight man because he thought that would make it funnier with all the insanity around him. Is the trivia piece, and I think that was the brilliant, most brilliant decision he could have done. And it's one of those things he he did it for his kids, so they could actually watch him in a movie for once. Yeah, because <laughs> he's not exactly in kid stuff, but yeah, it's uh. It is absolutely one of the best tellings. And, you know, like, yes, they have to do creative stuff. Like, they, they added a second Marley so they yes. can have it be Statler and Waldorf. They, Which is great. Cause they have a, and every song is a banger on that album, Yeah, by the they way. added Bookkeeper oh, so, so they could have the rats. Which don't exist in the book. But, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I just love um, Rizzo just being like, how does he do that? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mr. Dickens. Well, okay, Mr. Dickens. <laughs> oh, and light the lamp, not the rat. <laughs> light the lamp, not the rat. My favorite is when they realize that uh, everything is... They, they have that big moment of realization when they realize it's going to get scary, so they just disappear. They're like, we'll join you for the final act, folks, when the movie gets happy again. <laughs> but yeah, it it is... Above and beyond my favorite telling of A Christmas Carol. The soundtrack is brilliant. The atmosphere is brilliant. And, I mean, the Christmas Carol story is a timeless classic. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's incredibly easy to retell and, and shape your own way. And the Muppets do it. The Muppets do it big. So, yeah, that would actually conclude my Christmas list, because Christmas Vacation is number one. And that was number one on Dan's list. So, Dan, what was your number two, then? My number two is Rankin Bass, The Year Without a Santa Claus. Yeah. That one's so good. I love it. The Heat Miser and... I always love it. I don't it. think I've seen it. So Santa's sick, and then once he stops being sick, he starts being depressed. And elves go and try to raise Christmas spirit. And hilarity ensues. Heat miser. Okay. I'm surprised some of the, like the real classics aren't on any of your guys' lists. Like Rudolph and Frosty and and uh, uh, you got Charlie Brown and uh, Grinch. Yeah, I actually considered. I considered uh, when when I originally did the list, I had it split between specials and movies. So I did have Miracle on 34th Street and It's a Wonderful Life on there, but unfortunately, I did have to bump them because they just were that low. My my whole thing is that It's a Wonderful Life is a great story, but it's one of those movies that has 
if it's an hour and a half long, there's about an hour of that that you could probably skip. Understandable. It's too much exposition to get to the part that we all want to see. Yeah. But it's still very good. And it's also a victim of what I believe is the uh, the fact that tons of people have parodied it or done their own version of it, and a lot of them have done it even better. And that Because if you actually go back and watch it, one of the only really true uh, standout things in that is the performance of Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. You know, no, nothing else really stands out except for him. It's kind of yeah. like watching Psycho. It's a great movie, but really, other than Norman Bates, what else is truly standing out in it? Under Yeah, yeah. That's not to say it's a bad movie, but that also means that it's not as memorable as it probably could have been. And maybe that's just the victim of the time, because back then there weren't that that many great actors. But at the same time, I think Casablanca is absolutely brilliant top to bottom oh that's so, my all-time favorite movie so yeah, because it is and the wizard brilliant. of oz came out in the 30s and that had that's brilliant top to bottom so like mm-hmm. where some maybe maybe it was just an issue of casting but it it absolutely works you know i gotta say i've never seen the wizard of oz in color but it's technicolor yeah <laughs> well you have you worked a great movie right and then you don't see the whole thing there. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you, you see the uh, and all that. All right. And it's not like Eric really worked the great movie ride. Oh, here I we go. I showed up. I did some things. <laughs> and then I went on lunch. I showed up. And then I went on lunch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Um, Eric, go ahead and give us your list of things that you like to watch at Christmas. All right, so I'll I'll do two movies that I typically watch around Christmas time, and one of them is the Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, the other one is Elf. Yep, we talked about Elf. Uh, surprise. Yep, and then The Grinch. Which, Which one? one? The one with uh, uh, Jim Carrey. Okay. Yes, Shannon loves that so- movie. I, I, depending if I'm in a good mood or not, which really depends if I'm working that holiday because you never know with Disney. Um. If I'm working, I will watch The Grinch to the point where he has all of the toys, and I'll turn it off there. <laughs> that's my happy My grandfather would turn it off as soon as he got to the precipice when he has to decide. He would be like, oh, the movie's over. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, ha that's what those kids deserve. Anyway, uh, and then, you know, I'll watch it the whole way through if, I, if I'm actually off. Uh, and then some other things that I like to watch around the holidays are the YouTube like year recap. Okay. That's normally happening around that time. Um, and then my all time favorite thing around this year. And I, I really wanted to say this earlier, but the glitter bomb videos. Oh God. <laughs> Do you know what those are? Yes. They're, they're basically uh, for those of you listening who don't know, they, put fake packages in front of the buildings and watch people steal them. And they just glitter bomb and fart. Uh, they have a fart spray on them. I just love watching those videos around the holidays because they get what they deserve. You know, Rich pirates. that, that brings me joy. Other people like oh, thieves was... misfortune brings me joy. Yeah. But Eric, <laughs> I've seen the things that make you laugh. So this doesn't shock me in any capacity. 
That that is true. I mean, and I've that seen, is why I've seen what you laugh at while we've been working together. <laughs> I've seen kids wipe out and just heard <laughs> from coming from you. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, you know, when we tell them not to sit on chains and then they like bust open and fall on the floor, that's what they get. I'll laugh. <laughs> Real quick, before we move on to the Christmas songs, can we just have a minute to appreciate the theme parks at Christmas time? No. 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 <laughs> That's something okay. you all have in common. Jeez. Okay. Well. <laughs> I mean, okay, yes. We can end with Eric now. <laughs> I thought we were friends. I guess not. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's just every time I, I just feel like I'm working if I go to the theme parks, even if I'm off. I just feel like I'm in the way. Like. If I go to an attraction where I know my friend's working, they'll look at me and like, why are you here? I'm like, I know, I'm a piece of shit. And then I got to go away because it's so busy. Like, what am I doing? I feel like I'm bothering people there. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, the parks look amazing. But, like, Christmas week was always me working, like, 85 hours. Oh, so Everybody hated working it. But I just meant, like, how the parks do it. The atmosphere. The... Being oh, a guest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Being a yeah. Guest. Well, yeah. I mean, I would hate it because it would be too busy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one here where you can enjoy everything in the park by not enjoying everything in the park. Yeah. You just go and there's like Christmas music. The lights are, is good. Like, obviously, they have like uh, more food stands and, and stuff like that. And if you're doing, if you're doing the Mickey's Not So Scary, you might be Indeed. able to get some rides in. Very but for the most Christmas? Like, You're you know, doing a yeah. Mickey's very... party at Christmas? <laughs> oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. They, <laughs> I, it's the same thing. Listen, they blend in together. When you work at, like, Magic Kingdom, it goes from not so scary to, there, oh, my dude. God, New Year. <laughs> I've been there will, for both of them. <laughs> I will say, like, the the Christmas for me at Disney died once the Osborne lights were gone. So uh, when, when they were yeah, gone... R.I.P. Uh, Osborne lights... Once that the was Falcon, gone, I really yeah. didn't give a flying f about uh, but the Disney's Falcon, Christmas. But the Falcon, dude, I haven't even fucking walked in to <laughs> like the Star Wars part. So Me either I've only seen images. Same. It's pretty cool. I, I I've I, only I, seen I, images of anything you guys are talking about. So oh, okay. Yeah. Well, since we're on the topic of parks, and I feel like we always end up on parks. Oh. Favorite park during the holidays? Magic Kingdom. Okay. <laughs> it was Hollywood Studios, if you couldn't tell with the uh, um, Osborne lights. But yeah, after that, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna co-sign with Matt on that one. It would have been Studios because of the Osborne lights, but now it has to be Magic Kingdom. Okay, um, Epcot is really Osborne close. I was supposed to say I would go with Epcot for me. Just it's a really close second. All right, Dan. One I just like drinking. The, here's here's yeah. my easiest way to describe the Osborne lights. Imagine an entire cityscape did their Christmas decorations like Clark Griswold, and put it to music, and put it synced it up to music. Okay. I yeah. not I kid you not. It was magical. they had to turn on generators to keep the park going when those lights are going. Uh, yeah, I believe it. Uh, it was just like it was a special time for me because like. Like I said, like, like my family's like the considered the Griswolds in like my life, and like we love Clark Griswold and all the lights and everything. So whenever I would walk down New York Street and everything and just see all the Christmas lights going off and stuff, it would just remind me of my family. Even though if I was in like my gangster outfit and 
you know, guests would be looking at me strange because dressed up as a 1930s gangster walking down, you know, looking at the Osborne lights. But anyways, but you, you were know, allowed just... to do that in that part yeah. because it was a movie set. It just it just reminded me of my family and it always brought a smile to my face. And then once it was gone, it was just like, well, Christmas lights okay. are one of my like favorite seat. things about the holidays. Yeah, so. Christmas lights rule. Yeah, now it's all Magic Kingdom. Like it really is because they got the best fireworks. They have like the uh, special events. Um, I mean, Epcot has something, I believe, but like uh, it, it's it might as well just be another food and wine, you know. <laughs> I, I will just <laughs> say though, be like food and wine all year round with what they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just theme it. Put a candy cane in a drink. There you go. That's there. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Christmas food and wine. Yeah, festival. we have we have your Belgian waffles topped with snickerdoodles. Yeah. <laughs> I would eat that. That would, sounds yeah. an yeah. odd combo, but I would be okay to try it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's same actually. <laughs> I'll try anything. Uh, I, I did always love the very merry Christmas party, though, just because you could get free cookies and pretzels and hot chocolate, and it was amazing. I have the to say, chocolate. my favorite thing about them, the parks, is their gingerbread cookies. They're amazing. Oh, that, yeah, it was the hot chocolate for me. There was just something so, about that hot chocolate. That did you good. did you go to the uh, Grand Floridian oh, every yes. year? Yes, Not every year, uh, but yeah. we've been there a few times. It's oh, when they have I that gingerbread house. I know they're not house. doing it this year, which is so sad, but. Yeah. Well. I love yeah, it. It's, I wouldn't buy a piece of the house now. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. It's so good. Parks do look great. All right. So, we're going we're gonna to do a musical, uh, musical list here. Um, I've got a list of 12 songs that I consider traditional. Well, it's a it's a traditional song. It might be an untraditional ver- like cover of it. It's not the original version. And then I have like the songs that aren't necessarily traditional, but are still good to me. They're more original or more instrumental. To give you to give you an idea, um, Holly Jolly Christmas is on one list. TSO is on the other one. If that kind of helps you separate it. But we're gonna start with with uh, with Dan's number twelve, and then we'll do my number 12s and we'll go up the list uh but real quick is there any christmas song you guys absolutely fucking hate Matt, all i I'm want to start with you that, uh, that you i have... absolutely hate yeah uh there's two actually dominic the fucking don yeah yep. yes. hate that song and uh all i want for, uh I can't, the, the hippopotamus song. I fucking yes, hate that that's song. That's my number too. one least favorite Christmas song ever. <laughs> I, I couldn't even. Song. I can't even think of the name because I hate it so much. I think it literally is just the hippopotamus song. It sucks. Those sorry, two. Katie. Yeah, K- Katie, if you're listening to this, because those are her two favorite songs. Uh, I'm very sorry to to insult you this way, but also like I'm suck. sorry to. Sorry to continue insulting you. Do you even know what Christmas music is? If you love those songs, oh, oh, oh. Damn. Oh, damn. you need God. to apologize to my friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll edit it out. That was rude. Hey, Kate, for, Eric, for once, Katie's not mad at you or me. 
I know. It's good. Well, she's always no. mad at Matt. So. She's always mad at one of us, but now she's mad at Matt. No, that was rude. <laughs> I know it was rude, and I'm sorry. But I don't think that's you are, I... though. That's the thing. Yeah, you're right. Dude, I'm not. Like, <laughs> Christmas shoes. Yep, and like, I like that one. It's, and like, oh, how about like putting uh, my favorite like thing the... is the Christmas song? That's not a Christmas song. No, it's not a Christmas song. We do it Christmas. Um, yeah. Sorry, that was the mass hole of me coming out my bed. Um, I have the version of Rudolph sung by Frank Sinatra annoys me because he tries oh, to be cutesy and change the lyrics like, like he calls Rudolph, it Red yeah and i get so mad Rudolph. when i hear that version and i love frank sinatra so much so it just and i and i like the rudolph song so that just uh that one always like, gets to me i'm not say ready the red rudy the red beaked reindeer i also i think he does actually yeah he does yeah I also absolutely cannot stand this song, and this is a really popular one with people. I hate it. Is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Oh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. I hate Are you that not song. a fan of Dr. Elmo? No. But I will say, I've, like, from all the Christmas music I've been listening on the radio, I haven't heard it yet. I, I have. haven't heard it. Sadly. Uh, Shen, what Christmas songs do you hate? Um, the hippopotamus song, and all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, that bad is song. kind of a bad song. I hate you just hate song. Spike Jones, okay? <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, I don't know who that is. So yeah, I guess so. Well, Eric, what do you got? All I want for Christmas, I because I hear it constantly, and and you know what? You would think giving it a year. It would be fine, but no, the moment I hear it again, it's just a bad <laughs> you ding. You hear the, the, the ding at the beginning, the opening riff, and you're and like, chills no. just go up your spine, <laughs> no. and you're just like, ooh. <laughs> I will say, like, <laughs> not enough time has passed. Why is this happening? <laughs> I, 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 I do like the song, but it always makes me think of the vine that uh, is associated with the song now. Mm. If you haven't seen the vine, I'll link it in the chat. Oh, fantastic. That'll be fun. All right, I think that's fair. I think the problem with the song is it's catchy because I'll find myself singing yeah. along with it too. <laughs> yeah. I hate the song, but I don't <laughs> worry. And I have so to. true, though. I'm such a fan. I have 24 songs I'm going to talk about, and none of these made the cut. So I'm so happy that like I don't have to. Everybody, uh, we all agree on hating something, and nobody hated something that I have to now turn around and defend. Of course, then there's the Beatles. Yeah, could we all song? agree that simply having a wonderful Christmas time is not a good song? It, okay, uh, I don't think I've heard it. Oh boy, yeah, uh, you've heard sure, it. I can't believe you've done this. All right, all right, go ahead, Matt. Take the gloves off. Let's ha- let's have this discussion. <laughs> and after this is over, we're just over. Everyone off tonight. <laughs> Damn, take a step back. <laughs> No, no, no. Let's, you know, let's no, slow guys, down. No, here. like I'm not. I'm not like I can't understand if people don't like it, and I'm not going to say you're you're wrong because like it's it's your opinion, and I'm not going to say your opinion's wrong either because like I get it. Like it's but it's not Paul wrong. McCartney's greatest song, but like I can't believe you've done this. Like I, I absolutely love that song. He is on but some I, kind of drugs when he made that. 
I mean, most likely. What are you expecting from the Beatles? I don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> might as well, like, did you know that the sun comes out every day? Like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like what are of is Did you know that? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna like argue with you about it. I just, it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Right, well, I'm not going to play this Vine because it'll come through on the audio of the <laughs> podcast, but maybe I'll link it for in the description of the episode so everyone can enjoy it. All right. Dan, what's your number 12 Christmas song? So my 12 through 7 are non-traditional and my 6 through 1 are traditionals. Okay. So okay. my number 12 is Merry Christmas, Everybody from Slade. Okay. So I'm sure most of you are like, what's Slade? Let alone, what's that song? <laughs> I've heard so, of it, yeah. but I don't. I'm not. I'm Slate, not... Slate is the band that did a lot of the songs that Quiet Riot ended up uh, covering and then becoming huge in the '80s. Uh, okay. So. Oh, that's fun. Um, Unfortunate for them, but okay. Uh, for my list, do you want me to do uh, the non-traditional or the traditional first, or does it really not matter? I mean, I'm doing non-traditional for my first six, so okay. I guess. I'll, I'll, I'll alternate then. I'll do traditionals. So my number 12 traditional is the classic Hawaiian Christmas called Mele Kalikimaka. Oh, so good. So but good. I'm choosing the version by Jimmy Buffett. Oh, you stabbed I, me right in the heart right there. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the Bing Crosby version, but I think the Jimmy Buffett one just sounds better. That's just an opinion. Uh, That's fine. If we're going to go non-traditional, though, at number 12 is, and I don't think it actually has a name. I think it literally is just the theme song to Christmas Vacation by Mabel Oh, Staples. so good. Such a good and song. As soon as I hear that song, I get excited. And it's that time. Christmas time is here. Plus, the beginning of that movie is just so much fun with the animated Santa. Oh, great. And how he pretty much has all the Clark Griswold incidents happen to him while he's trying to deliver presents to these damn Griswolds. <laughs> the Griswolds oh, that, that is so true. I didn't even like think of that. that I also so absolutely appreciate the fact that not only does Rudolph not have a red nose and he literally has a light bulb, but none of the reindeer's <laughs> feet move at all. They're basically just stiff as shit. Oh, but, you know. shit. It, you're right. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> cheap you animation. don't have to have that kind of locomotion in order to fly. I mean, there you go. Just fly. Okay, so, uh, Dan, what's your number 11? Number 11 is The Waitress's Christmas Wrapping. Oh, God, I've heard that. Yeah, It's all cool. about this girl is, like, in her late 20s, and she's like, I love Christmas, but it's getting pretty hectic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for my number 11 traditional is the classic Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. Classic. It's just a good song. It's a, it's a fun one. I, I one debated between that one and Jingle Bell Rock, but I think I like this one a little better. Even though they're like both extremely overplayed on Christmas, like if, sure. even, if it, I just, even if I hear it on the radio, I still got to let it play. I just, sure, absolutely. It's such a good song. But it, it is good. I, I very much enjoy it. Um, My number Also, in that awesome scene in uh, Home Alone... Where he fakes the house yeah, party. That is yep. a great scene. The Michael Jordan on the train. <laughs> the Michael Jordan yeah. crop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just he's just puppeteering. 
that's a, again that's another good throwback to the what they get next in the next movie um mm-hmm. my number 11 non-traditional is uh and somebody said they hated this song and i wanted to fight them i think it was, <laughs> was uh alvin and the chipmunks singing christmas don't be late oh i'll song. fight people too yeah i will sure. fight people yeah, too that was a good one i like it's that so, yeah. it's so cute it's so simple and always reminds me of look who's talking now yeah it's it's just a fun reminds you of look who's talking now yeah the movie yeah the one where the dogs talk too yeah not the first two look who's talking but the third look who's talking yeah because there's a scene where they sing that song like the dogs do no john travolta and christy alley okay you need to go back and watch that again. <laughs> I don't think I will. <laughs> Eric, do you have any <laughs> thoughts on any of these songs as we're talking about them? Or are you an anti-Christmas music guy? No, no, no. I don't have 12. I've got like five, maybe six. <laughs> okay, well, if they pop up, I just jump in and, and mention it. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm waiting till you guys get to about six <laughs> before I jump in. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, what do you got for number 10, Dan? My number 10 is the Royal Guardsman with Snoopy's Christmas. Okay. I actually Where just heard about... that for the first time only a couple of years ago. I'd never really heard it before, but I liked it. It's that, it's that the Red Baron is out flying again, and the guy sends Snoopy out, and Snoopy's like, he's just going to shoot me down again, and he doesn't shoot him down. He brings him back to his base, and they have a Christmas party, and then he sends him back home. Aw, that's cute. It is. It's fun. Uh, my number 10 traditional is the Frank Sinatra version of Let It Snow. Okay. My favorite version of Let It Snow. And again, just a a good classic Christmas song. And something that I wish we could have done up here in uh, Pennsylvania on Wednesday. But we both had to drive home in crappy weather conditions. Well, Dan knows all about snow because he grew up in Syracuse. Yep. And, hey, Eric, how you liking the snow, bud? Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. No. <laughs> Eric has feelings about the snow. I, I really do. The other day, it was it was just, it was snowing just enough where it looked really nice, right? Where I'm just like, oh, for some weird reason, the snow's making me happy. And then 10 minutes later, I was just fucking hating my life. It came down so hard. <laughs> Yeah, that snowstorm that we all got, um, man, driving home in that, because I work overnight, so when I was driving home... got hit hard, right? Like 44 inches or something like that? Well, Massachusetts didn't get that, didn't get that, but it was, like, I was driving home in, like, a foot of snow, and it was was awful. Yeah. Not not good weather conditions to be driving home. I did, however, learn that my 2020 Toyota Corolla, which I didn't get to drive in the snow last year because we didn't get any... Uh, can actually hold its own. It's not great, but it it did its job. I mean, yeah. I was driving like twenty five miles per hour all the way. That's all you can do. Oh, I did fifteen. Yeah, it's all if, you can do. If enough snow comes down to meet a, a, the height requirement to go on rides, I, I'm <laughs> done. Like, let me just point out what that like. I'm like, if anyone else from Massachusetts is listening to this, if you're driving a Honda Civic and driving like sixty miles per hour. On snow-covered roads, 
while there's, while there's a, while there's a storm going on. Thing that comes to you. I just want you deserve that, but also I. Are you okay? Like, <laughs> like, is stuff going on in your life that you just like? Like, is something like? Do you need someone they to just, talk to? Because like, I'll I'll listen. Like, they, they like, want to know what it feels like to be the inside of a hockey puck. Like, don't don't feel like trying to like commit suicide because like if stuff is going bad in your life, please go go see help. Like, I guess. I mean, yeah, like, I hear what you're saying there. Uh, my number ten more non-traditional is and i've heard arguments that this shouldn't be a christmas song but oh it's you're a mean one mr grinch wait why why wouldn't that be a christmas song? because what? it's not really about christmas it's just about the grinch being mean that's that's the entire argument i've heard against it and suck a lemon you're a mean one mr I, grinch yeah. is amazing it's a oh. different argument than the suck a lemon well, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm still trying to be kind of nice. It's Christmas. Uh, it's the holiday season. Lemon's the worst thing I'm going to tell someone to suck right now. <laughs> Two tears in a bucket. <laughs> what do you got for number nine, Dan? Number nine is Louis Armstrong with Is that you, Santa Claus? Uh, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> I'll pass. Thanks. That was funny. Uh. Yeah, yay, everybody likes what they like, right? Yeah, exactly. Not my thing, yeah. but that's fine. Um, my number nine is actually an instrumental version. It's Leroy Anderson's version of Sleigh Ride. Okay. Fully instrumental. Um, I There's a couple of Christmas songs that I really like the beat to, but I'm not crazy about the lyrics, like Deck the Halls and all that. <laughs> but I really so, like the beat of the song, so I prefer the instrumental versions. And Sleigh Ride's one of them. Not that the lyrics are bad, but I just enjoy humming along to it, not necessarily singing. So I've actually gotten pretty attached to that version. Um, <laughs> uh, my poor wife is going to absolutely hate my number nine because she hates this man. Oh, but at number nine is Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. She hates Weird Al. The night Santa went crazy. I mean, I love Weird Al, so bring it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, that's that's one of the big ones her and I disagree on. How do you dislike Weird Al? I don't dislike him. I hate him with a passion. <laughs> His concerts okay. are phenomenal. Yep, I've seen him more times than any other artist, and I love it every time. I've seen him twice in the same God. tour. I love sick. <laughs> I love his movie UHF. It is yeah. so good. UHF is great. Love that movie, honey. You're outvoted on this one. I'm oh, sorry. I don't care. <laughs> I just know in this house we do not listen to him. Yeah, uh, when she's not here, however, there's some Al getting cranked. I'm going to tell you that right now. Good. <laughs> Yeah, I love me some Weird Al, always will. And uh, I'll give a quick honorable mention to Christmas at Ground Zero. I also like that song, but I think Santa Went Crazy is better. All right. And he changes on. the lyrics when he's live. Yeah, he does. Instead of Santa doing time, Santa's dead. Santa Claus being dead. <laughs> One of those FBI guys shot him right in the head. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, woof. <laughs> Oof. Oof. All right. Uh, Dan, number eight. My number eight is The Kinks with Father Christmas. And it's a story about him dressing up as Santa and some kids accosting him because they are too poor. So just give us the fucking money and my, or my dad a job instead of giving me oh, G.I. Joe's. 
I've never heard that. I kind of want to hear this now. <laughs> what? Oh, Why does tab. that sound like a plot of a song that Eric would have written? Because it is. Where's my script? <laughs> I don't know. That has Eric's handprints on it, I feel like. Do you have something to do with that? Are you getting royalties, Eric. sir? Where's my goddamn cut of this? <laughs> I feel validated. <laughs> uh, number eight for me on the more traditional. I'm not a... Uh, I'm not a religious guy, but I actually do appreciate the more religious-themed Christmas songs that exist. I I love O Come All Ye Faithful. And then I heard the version by Christian rock band Striper, and I was blown away. So that's that's my uh, my number eight. And okay. if you guys haven't heard that, look that up. It, uh, it's, it was very hard to find as an MP3 for a long time, but thanks to YouTube and Vivo and YouTube Music, it's incredibly easy. You just look up Striper, Oh Come All You Faithful, and it's right there. Uh, I recommend that one to anybody. Striper is a very good band as it is. They're, you know, they're under the radar because they're Christian. You know, they didn't do the, the breakthrough thing like a POD or Skillet, but they still, they, they do good songs. But if we're going to go a little uh, non-traditional here, we're going to revisit one of my favorite movies at number eight. And the Nightmare Before Christmas song, What's This? The only Christmas song in the movie, actually. That's my number five. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah, you already I, know how I feel about the movie, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt Matt may not be a fan, but Eric and I definitely are. Because it's, it's Jack discovering Christmas, and it's just, it's fun. That's Perry's song. Yeah, we, we we associate that song with our cat Perry because he is he's always mesmerized by everything and investigates everything. What's this? What's this? Can I play with this? Can I eat this? Like that's Perry. So what's this? I'm try. <laughs> that is my current cat. Uh, well, my cat situation currently. I have no idea where the fuck they're at. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, okay, we're, that's that's we're cats like, for you. Are you? <laughs> well, we're trying to get immaculated to the new place. So our, one room at a time. Behind the washing machine for most of the week. The first we move. So yeah, our cats were weirded out when we moved, but they also like tried to take over the house at the same time. They they split their time between taking over and exploring, and then just hiding. But eventually they warmed up, and now they're the king and queen of the castle. Shannon and I just live here. They're actually... I'm paying the bills. Yeah, we pay for everything, but it's really their house. That's how it works with cats. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Lucky number seven, Dan? Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis. I love Christmas and Hollis. That's a great song. And the video's fun, too. We, We watched that for our patron show. Yes. Yeah, it's It's great. It's a hip-hop Christmas song. You can't really go wrong there. Where Santa takes a break from monitoring children. That's not creepy at all. Yep. But he starts monitoring Run DMC instead. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it's great. Uh, my number my number seven is the classic Burl Ives Holly Jolly Christmas. Just okay. a good it's just a good Christmas song. I like um Michael Bublé's version version of the song. Buble. Buble. The Buble. Buble. 
<laughs> Ham and bubbly. Uh, Bublé's okay, but I think he's a little overrated. For for that specific song, I just I prefer the original for that one. I like most versions of that song, to be honest. It's a, it's just a good song, though. It's, yeah, it's not obnoxiously slow like I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Not to knock that song because I do like it, but it can be very, very slowly paced. But it's also not an in-your-face rock song either. So I know that song in sign language. Nice. That's impressive. That's actually very impressive. Because awesome. I was forced to because I took sign language. <laughs> okay, so you, I, I was about to say, if you don't know sign language and you only know that song in sign language, that's very impressive. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like there would have been a backstory that we would need to know for that one. <laughs> for real. No, sign language was, uh, my school was like the magnet for the hearing impaired and deaf kids. So we had a full ASL curriculum that you could take instead of taking French or Spanish or German. I think I actually would have preferred that. So I took sign language for two and a half years, but the teacher was fucking awful, and I was like, I gotta get out. And I am one of the only people that didn't, that got to graduate without a full foreign language certificate. Oh, you could have just came down to Florida. I don't think there's any of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) New York. (laughs) We've seen the Florida education system at work. Right. Or, or, just like, uh, your or foreign language is go make a Spanish friend. There you go. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like Diana, all my friends are Spanish. <laughs> no, no lies detected. Uh, my, uh, my number six more non-traditional is a Trans-Siberian Orchestra song. It's called Christmas Canon. It is okay. a version. It's an instrumental version of classic stuff, but they kind of make make it their own understandable i mean i love most of their stuff yeah there there really aren't many bad tso songs like i'll give an honorable mention to wizards in winter which i think is great i i like mad russians christmas too um i like another song that we'll get to later and you know all know what that one is but but yeah ts tso is a quintessential quintessential listening tool for christmas and eric has had the pleasure of seeing them live and i'm very jealous of that twice it's yeah. been good. Well, I almost went last year. Um, they're they're fantastic. I would definitely recommend going to see them when they're in an arena and not a campus. Okay. 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 Yeah don't that that would be my my own thing because in an arena, I don't know. Maybe there's waivers or something that they sign, but they do more shit for real. Probably because they have more room. Uh, yeah. I, f- I feel like that would be less. There's probably schools less... are definitely more uh, gung ho about certain things. Yeah, I like how that. that how there hasn't been a WrestleMania at the Carrier Dome because the university owns the Carrier Dome. Mm. Pyro rules and everything, and it's... they're just like we're not going to let wrestling in our special place. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch up my list now for the top six because Dan's gonna start doing the traditional, so I'm gonna I'll mix it up for this one. Okay. So my number six is the Nat King Cole version of the Christmas song. Okay. Okay. That's a great song. Agreed. Christmas song is a classic too. Um all right, so I guess I'm gonna go non traditional for my number six. Uh 
This is a song that I actually didn't realize was a Christmas song for a long time. Because it doesn't sound like a Christmas song, but it takes place on Christmas Eve, so therefore it is. And that's Dan Fogelberg's Same Old Lang Sign. Okay. I actually used to think that was just a, a song, but then I was like, oh, he met his lover in the grocery store on Christmas Eve. And then it's uh, it's the only Christmas song that has a somewhat depressing ending I can tolerate. The Christmas Shoes is just too sad because it involves death. This is just, oh, I probably could have been with this girl and I'm not, but I'm famous now. And I, I'm just, I'm just kind of contemplating it, so... But I also like that it cuts into uh, All Our Acquaintances Be Forgot, the classic New Year's Eve song at the end. I think it works. I think it's a it's a pretty good song. I think it's just a good song in general. And then my traditional number six, this is kind of, this one's kind of funny. Um <clears throat> there are some Christmas songs I actually don't like them. Like as a whole, but then I hear one version of it. And that version, to me, is such a banger that I end up loving it. But I can't listen to the other ones. And that's the Little Drummer Boy, specifically the Bob Seger version, which I think is incredible. But I okay. really don't like that song. But the I don't know what it is about Bob Seger's version that just that's just so good to me. But I love it. But if the song comes on any other way, I, I get mad that it's not the Bob Seger version. Dan, go ahead, take over. We're in top five territory. Number five is Elvis Presley version of Blue Christmas. All right, I'm going to take some heat for this, but f I do not like Elvis Christmas songs. I do not like Elvis. <laughs> I will I will bring this up. Um, have you ever noticed that it sounds like he's sneezing in the beginning of Blue Christmas? Because he goes, uh, 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 Blue Christmas. <laughs> no, but... And are you sure that's not just the COVID version? <laughs> Touche. No, I, 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 there was subliminal messages warning <laughs> us about this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> From a guy who died on the toilet. Yeah, Probably I, eating, uh, I am not an Elvis guy. For me, it's all about the background singers. Well, that, that, that to me would go as part of my argument because the background singers are better than him. Well, I mean, like for I said, some people, those are probably fighting words, but that's understand. fine. I don't have. Oh, I'm, I'm not that. saying that's me. I'm just saying, understand. People can fight me for not liking Elvis. They're already going to fight you for not liking Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, I know it's fine. So there, I'll get there for it. It's whatever. All right, uh, untraditional number five is a song out of The Grinch. It's "Where Are You Christmas" by Faith Hill. Good song. Good song. I like it. It is it is the song they should be playing instead of Mariah Carey. Excuse you. I said what I said. <laughs> I was I'm like I'm like, yeah. Or they could just do both, but yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, both. I don't know. Get rid of Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly though, they should because she can't sing live anymore. So like mm. I mean, neither could Paula, but they still invite her to do things. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, my 
my <laughs> traditional number five, it's this one's kind of cheating. I had to kind of do this just to fill my list because it is a TSO song, but it's an instrumental of a Christmas classic, and that's Hark the Herald Angel. Okay. But their version also combines March of the Kings, which is another instrumental classic, and the fact that they combine them into one song is just absolutely brilliant. And to, to put it on the list and keep my list separate the way I did, I had to kind of cheat a little bit, but I love this song too much to not include it. And so again, I'm just goes with the brilliance of TSO. I'm going to throw this out there because I feel like it's not going to be on anyone's list, but I will say one of my favorite Christmas songs is Wham's Last Christmas. I'm just going to throw it out there. So when people do like the Wham challenge of not listening to it, I play that th- that song right after Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, you're you're not listening to this? Well, hang on a second. Cranks up volume. Yep. <laughs> Be like, my neighbors probably hated me because they just probably heard because they failed Wham's the last game. Christmas. They lost the game. Uh, yep. <laughs> they probably lost the game, and they're like, "The son." Of a bitch. <laughs> I will say, I do lo- I do like Taylor Swift's version of the song too. I think her version's pretty damn good too. It actually is very good. I actually like it more than Wham, which could be fighting words for some people. I mean, that so, would be fighting words for me, but Taylor I understand. I, I do, do no wrong. I do love that version of the song too, and Cascada's version of Last Christmas is actually pretty damn good too. You know what? You I'm gonna go ahead and, and uh, argue the point that Taylor can do no wrong, and I'm gonna raise you with "Look What You Made Me Do." Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> She could do no wrong. Well, I got at least one example. This song's terrible. <laughs> no one's arguing with it either. Even Taylor fans hate that song. So we we all make mistakes sometimes. <laughs> the whole yeah. thing is to get past it and move on. <laughs> like moving on to Dan. What's yours? <laughs> yeah, Dan, go ahead. <laughs> oh God, my microphone. Why is this happening to me today? All right. Merry Christmas, Eric. But yeah, my you already know what my number five is. Fuck it, I don't need a windscreen. (laughs) (laughs) The Johnny Mathis version of Winter Wonderland. Ah, fantastic! Johnny Mathis Christmas songs are great. Yeah, I have the one on and um on the vinyl, and it's like it gets played. It gets played every Christmas time, several times. There's uh, the Winter Wonderland. There's actually a number three spot for me, and it's the Winter Wonderland. Um, don't be uh, sorry. Don't worry. Be happy. Combo from Pentatonics. Oh, that's a good okay. choice too. Okay, this is what made me think of this. This is actually this would actually be on my bad list. What's that freaking Christmas song that it starts as the Twelve Days of Christmas, and then they start playing friggin' Africa by Toto? Wait, what? Yeah. It's 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 a, it's an acapella song. I I've never heard of it, so I'm just yeah, going to do that. It starts as the twelve days of Christmas, song. and then it morphs into the beat to Toto's Africa. But they're like ten maids of milking and ten lord. Like they they start. I I don't get Why? it. It's awful. And there's like a live audience cheering them on. It's terrible. Just uh, include uh, Ryan Reynolds going. Why? <laughs> but why but why why is this like this all right uh number four daniel or was that your number was that your number four 
Johnny Mathis. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I lost my track on my list. Uh, my number four non-traditional is this is this is one of those ironic ones because I'm I don't really care for the movie it came from, and I don't really care for the singer who sings it. But somehow, some way, this song made it onto my list in the number four spot, and that's "Believe" by Josh Groban. Well, hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> you, you don't care for Josh Groban? Okay, I'm gonna let me let me uh, get a little closer to the microphone. <clears throat> I don't care for Josh Groban. <laughs> okay, that because my number one song is from Josh Groban. I'm very sorry for you. <laughs> Uh, Chris, I like Josh <laughs> Chris, you're really you're really asking for a death wish among us tonight. I don't care. You're, you're really asking for a uh, death wish. Oh God, We're, you're just putting yourself in a situation to get voted out every fucking game. Don't do that. It'll be fine because now every time that I'm dead, everyone's just going to vote him out, and I and I'm cool with this. So, only, so, so here's the thing. Um, here's the thing, Chris. Is that this won't be coming out till next week, so uh, yeah, no one's going to I'm going to hit so. the emergency button and be like, everybody, it, uh, it's probably not Matt, but he's an asshole. Vote him out. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> I mean, you guys vote me out anyways, and then I'm already typing out a fucking promo in the fucking ghost chat about all the fifth and sixth <laughs> right. goddamn imposters. Listen, anyways, listen, back to Matt, Christmas music. Here's the thing. Josh Groban not- somehow made it into my top four, okay? So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, but he's like my fourth favorite. Actually, real quick, I, I, I know we're not on the Christmas movies anymore, but what does everyone like? What's everyone's opinion on the Polar Express menu? Uh, Polar amazing. Express movie. Haven't seen it. It's unappealing. Oh my god, you guys are killing me. I, I actually did enjoy it just because, like, I think Tom Hanks did a. Well, it's Tom Hanks. He's, he always does a wonderful he's job. The only good part whatever. of the movie for me. That's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Like. It's it's up there. It, would, it wouldn't be top twelve for me, but I, I do enjoy the movie. Oh no, this. Is I mean, the way my my grandmother calls Snow Train. Is that what she calls it? Yeah, Story Train. What? It's a, it's oh, a train. plot device. Snow Train. I, I thought you train. said Soul Plane. I was like, that is not a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, not a very good movie. It's but... barely a movie. <laughs> it's barely a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Ah. Oh, uh my traditional number four is an untraditional version of the song, but it's the 12 Days of Christmas performed by John Denver and the Muppets. Good. Good one. Can, have you guys heard Shrek's version? I don't think I want to, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't hate Shrek, but the internet is making is making me annoyed with Shrek, so oh, I yeah, need to I avoid Shrek to continue to like Shrek. Now, here's the thing. There's two versions of John Denver and the Muppets, 12 Days of Christmas. There's the audio version they always play on the radio. But then there's actually a TV special version, which you can find on YouTube, which I think is better. Because in that one, Fozzie screws up his lines. (laughs) And it makes it way more entertaining. Plus, the audio version has Lou Zealand and uh, Beauregard, which aren't really popular Muppets anyway. The TV one has Animal and Janice and Floyd's in there. So, like, they actually use... A, I love a, Animal. The only thing I like the audio version better is that the audio version has uh, Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker, and the, the Christmas special Dr. does Bunsen not. Honeydew. But it still works. 
But yeah, if you're if you can't really go wrong with the Muppets and John Denver together, no, together for the holidays. Uh, Eric, what's your number four, bud? Uh, my number four is actually uh, "Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays" by Insync. Oh, great song. Man. That's a great song. My man, it's a great I had song. no clue you even liked that song, but my man. <laughs> but there we that go. everybody off guard. It caught me off guard. No, it's a good song. We I covered it on our Patreon. Yeah, we watched the video. The video is awesome because it's horrible green screen and they're all dressed terribly. But they're yeah, just but having the a good time. Good. But the song's good. <laughs> the song is actually really good. I'll defend that song. That's yeah, definitely well, my top five. I'll say it's catchy. I would not say it's good. Okay, but it does. It's. It, that's all it needs to be to be a good Christmas song, really. That's just all it needs to be to eggnogs, you're not the right word. Anyway, I, I have to actually agree with Dan on that because somebody is going to take that opinion and throw that Paul McCartney song right back in our faces. <laughs> It'll be like, well, it's not a good song; it's catchy. That's actually why I hate the Paul McCartney song because it gets stuck in your head and it's not good. Yeah, it does get stuck in your head. Yeah, okay. So. He can take his drugs and take. He can take his wings and fly. All right, let's go to the top tree. All right, so now my number three is "White Christmas" by the Drifters because they're a doo-wop group, so they do wop it up. <clears throat> I'm not big into doo-wop, but that's a good version of that song. They all get the. They all get a verse, and then they all feed into the background. I like it. Uh, my untraditional number three is a parody of the 12 Days of Christmas called The 12 Pains of Christmas from the Bob Rivers Comedy Group. Yep. I had that. I had those two yeah. CDs right there. It's, uh, it's just fun because it is things that are a pain in the ass at Christmas, but I like that they don't just sing the lyrics. The lights. They, yeah, the, the, the lights guy gets so angry. The, uh, <laughs> the uh, Christmas cards guy is gay. Uh, the Salvation Army guy is just a, is just an aggressive New Yorker, and <laughs> the little kid is just irritating. Yeah, in one in like the last verse, the kid just cries for yeah. the kid section. <laughs> the kid cries all the way to five months of bills. <laughs> yeah, it it's a really good parody. Bob Rivers is a very hit or miss. Some of them are just so friggin' lame that you roll your yeah, eyes. Yeah, but those two Christmas ones, those two Christmas albums, are great the whole way through. Well, you like Elvis, so you probably like the message from the King. I always hated that. Oh yeah, I guess those ones where it's like a. Thing. They do, however. This doesn't make my either of my lists, but I, I do love Joy to the World. But again, that's another one where I don't I don't actually really know the lyrics that well, but I love the instrumental versions, and they have a kick-ass uh, rock and roll version of it. So. Have you guys heard any of like the South Park Christmas songs? Oh God, yeah! Are you kidding me? I'm a huge South so, Park fan. Uh, number three for me would be "Swiss Colony Beef Flag" by Cartman. <laughs> of course, it would. Uh, I like if there was if there wasn't a pandemic and Christmas karaoke was a thing, uh, "Swiss Colony Beef Flag" would be my go-to song. With the, Every uh, damn time, I love the one they do song. <laughs> I love the one they do for Woodland Critter Christmas, where it's literally just like, Christmas comes once a year, and now we sing about how it comes once a year. <laughs> <laughs> a parody of every Christmas song ever. Yeah, 
Wooden for Christmas is. Cartman just sings my soul in Swiss Colony Beef Lock as he, as he goes like, uh, like mom offered me eggnog. And I just I fucking hate eggnog, seriously. I like Cartman's version of Oh Holy Night where he can't he can't remember the lyrics. My number three is Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the boss Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Okay. I I will uh, I might this might be controversial, but I am not a big Bruce Springsteen fan. I'm from but Jersey, I will say dude. So I do what do you think I'm going with this? Song. But when you said Santa Claus coming to town, all I could think about was I'm pretty sure it's the movie Fred Claus. They just play that song constantly. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could think about is just... There's also in, in the Santa Claus where if you sing any part of it, those the elves will sing on the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I just remember Ludacris just going, that's right, you guys guessed it. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's actually my favorite Santa song. I like that better than Here Comes Santa Claus, which is which is good, but there's there's too many bad versions of that song. But Santa Claus is coming to the town most of the time when it's covered, it's pretty good. That's true. Okay. Should we do the the top 2? To town. All right, my number 2 is the all instrumental version because it's Mannheim Steamroller doing Deck the Halls. Yeah, that's Mannheim Steamroller is great, and I love Deck the Halls. They have like approximately a hundred Christmas albums. <laughs> yeah, they're they're well known. <laughs> well known. Yeah, they're they're really good. My number two is tied with my number one, so I don't know which version to give you first. You want to just save it for number one, then? Oh, yeah. Finish after yeah. he's done with number two, and you can take both slots. Yeah, there right you go. Away. We'll do that. I'll do my number twos, and then you can just you can just do your top. Yeah, that'll work. Okay, so my untraditional number two is a song called Walking in the Air from The Snowman. Okay. Have you ever anybody ever seen that special? I haven't. The, the Snowman? The movie or the... The, yeah, it's 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 an animated special. That's an animated where it looks like it's right from the book. Like yes, it's colored pencil and stuff. It's, it's, okay, it yeah, looks I like understand. it's animated with colored pencils. It's written. It's ripped right from the book. It has no real dialogue in it, just music. The kid brings a snowman to life, and then they fly through the village, and they uh, they they party with the other snowmen. Okay. It's it's a really cool little special if you can find it, and I'm almost positive it's available on YouTube in its entirety. Oh, but, so that that actually sounds kind of pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's so. it's a short special, so it's it's easy to watch. But there's a cover version of it done by the the uh, Finnish symphonic metal band Nightwish. I've heard of Nightwish, and the the cover absolutely blew me away the first time I heard it because Tarya Tarurin's vocals are incredible. And when I discovered that this actually existed, I was like, I, first of all, I was mad that it took me years to discover because it came out, it was released on an album back in like the mid 2000s and I discovered it in like the 2010s. So I was angry about that, that it was like 10 years later that I discovered it. Uh, it is incredible. Her voice is amazing. And there... 
they're one of those bands. I've never seen them live, but I've seen, like, I, I own a copy of End of an Era, their final concert before she left the band. They're just as good in on that live stage as they are in any other any other recording studio. And you guys know, you've, we've all been to concerts before. Some bands just cannot pull that off mm-hmm. at all. But some, they can if they listen. Some solo artists where all they do is sing and can't pull that off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say, like, like if people, like, since we're talking about, like, live concerts real quick, um, I've seen 30 Seconds to Mars twice, and the second time I saw them, Jared Leto, all he did was just pretty much point the microphone to the crowd and, like, not really sing at all. That's so disappointing. It, it, it was frustrating. That was, that was the Suicide Squad Joker of concerts. <laughs> it pretty much was because it was just him and his drummer. Like, <laughs> like there was no like the band wasn't there. It was just him and his drummer. Watch yeah. his scene in a uh, uh, freaking what's it? Uh, fight Club where he just gets murdered on his first night at the yeah. Fight Club. But the show must go on. Yes. Uh, my <laughs> number two traditional is we're going to bring up some Johnny Mathis again. His version of it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Which there's probably really not many bad versions of that song either. If you no, think about I don't it. think there are any bad versions of that song, but his is just my favorite. I think it's just the upbeat tempo, his vocals. It sound mm-hmm. it, he's very he has that soft spoken vocal voice, and I I think it just works. Plus the tie in to Home Alone too. Yep, where the Grinch smiles and then Tim Curry smiles. Absolutely love it. I'm surprised Love. I haven't heard anyone say it on their list, but um, Happy Holidays from Andy Williams is probably my number two. Happy Holidays, it's the holiday season. season the yeah, holiday that's a good song, season. too. And another one that doesn't make my list, I'll do it as an honorable mention, but I do like the song, is uh, there's uh, No Place Like Home for the Holidays. And he talks about, because uh, I've got a friend from Pennsylvania moving to Tennessee, so I told him the song is going to be about him. I'm surprised no one has mentioned the Chanaka songs. I considered them, but I decided to stick to Christmas because if I, I love the Hanukkah songs and they would have taken up four slots easily. They're, they're brilliant and they're just fun because Adam Sandler's songs have always been a good time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I recommend watching all four Hanukkah songs back to back to back. They're just they're just so entertaining, especially when he always... I love the newest one that he did where he brings up Jared from Subway and then goes, God damn it, he's a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love... And I do love me some Adam Sandler. Another perfect example of an actor. When he's on, he's brilliant. When he's off, it's awful. Agreed. Yeah. He, he doesn't have a middle ground. It's either one of the best things you've ever seen or one of the worst. Well, I think you can say like that with Vince Vaughn, too. Is even when he does a shit job, it's such a terrible crash that it's just entertaining to watch. Yeah. But even there are occasions where he'll do something that's really train wrecky, but I still enjoyed it. Like you don't mess with the Zohan, which is super train wreck, but it was entertaining. Yeah. But then he'll do, I've never seen Jack and Jill, but I've watched the trailer for it. And I know that that's, I've seen enough. (laughs) I mean, the trailer put you off. Yeah. There was one movie like no one really brings up with him in it, but it's uh, just go with it. Like I think that movie's hysterical. I've never seen it. It's with him and Jennifer Aniston. 
Yeah, you're gonna need to give me more information. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's better in a couple months. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Um, God, I can't, like Adam Sandler is like in love with like a twenty-something-year-old, but he's actually in love with Jennifer Aniston, and they go to Hawaii, and she meets one of her friends from high school that treated her like shit, and that's um. I'm doing a terrible job explaining this movie, to be honest with you. But um, I can't think of that. We'll we'll check. I'll look into it. Yeah, but there's some. It's very quotable. There's a lot of quotes in it, and Dave Matthews is actually in it. I am glad to be here. (laughs) All right. So in it, or he just makes an appearance. He he's in it for like a solid like twenty minutes. Twenty-five minutes. Okay. All right, Eric, go ahead and top your list because I know your first two are tied. Okay, uh, so mine, I picked them because they're very old songs, but if I if I heard them today, like from the original singers, I'd still listen to it the entire way. So one is uh, Baby It's Cold Outside. Okay. Oh, I love that song. Baby It's and Cold Outside. I don't care what yeah. anybody says. Date Rape, the song? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I don't it's, care. It's still a good song. <laughs> I, I'll take... I'll take that over uh, sexualizing Santa Claus. So, okay, yeah. Santa and then baby. the other one is Feliz Navidad. Okay, I'm not a big fan of that song, but I do I do understand its appeal. Mm-hmm. That's another one. It gets it gets obnoxiously stuck in your head, though. Yeah, yeah, because there's only like four different like sentences the entire well, fucking song. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all saying the same thing, just in a different language. Pretty much. Yeah. So okay. It's one of those songs you can sing when you're wasted. That's, <laughs> or, or that's you can think not you can wrong. Sing. That's definitely true. <laughs> you think you can sing, but... Uh, okay. Good pick, Eric. Good pick. All right, let's let's do the big number ones. Okay. My number one song is There's No Place Like Home for the Yes, I do. I love that song. Which version is your favorite? Carpenters. Carpenters? Yeah, I was supposed to say, I would have to go with Carpenters on that one, too. Yeah, that is a really good one. Yeah. Yeah, excellent song. Absolute classic. Uh, Another one. It's just fun to sing along to. Agreed. Um, Yeah, so my my number one shouldn't really come as a surprise, because they kind of fit the theme of what we've been talking about. But the non-traditional one is uh, Sarajevo 1224, also known as Christmas Eve, by Trans-Siberian Orchestra. If you know nothing else about Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you know this song. It's another medley of It's another medley, but it's just just absolutely phenomenal. It's got the electric guitars mixed in with the symphony, and I've already established that I love Nightwish, and... I, I love that Metallica released their album, S&M. So, like, symphonic and metal combinations are my thing. So to mm-hmm. hear that in a Christmas song is just the greatest thing in the world to me. And that is my, actually, it, and it's my number two all-time favorite Christmas song. Is, and that is the the I Am Ready for Christmas song. When it's time to listen to Christmas it's music. Like that. Yeah, no, not that. But yeah, I absolutely love that. And then my traditional number one is my all-time favorite Christmas song, and that's It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, the original Andy Williams version. 
And to me, that's a, the personification of a Christmas classic. It's mm-hmm. upbeat, fast-paced. It's all positive. It's all about what we're going to do for the holidays, all the fun traditions. And it's just, it's great. But that song is slightly ruined for me because the first time I ever heard it very often was the Office Max Back to School commercials. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The idea the parents are happy because the kids are going to be gone for the day now. But the kids are trudging through the store because they have to go back to school. Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again. Can we just yeah. talk about the transition from wanting to be off of school to becoming parents and wanting your kids to go to school? Right? <laughs> none of us know that real, for real. Absolutely none of us are parents, though. I was about to say, that's such a weird thing to bring up when literally none of us are yeah. parents. Still, like, Although I certainly I am glad that other people's kids have gone back to school, though. Exactly, because they're noisy as fuck and they like to stomp on the floor. <laughs> That is true. Damn, Eric, tell me how you really feel. Well, it's part of the reason I bought a condo. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I thought he said a condo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. That's how we should end the day. Yeah. Damn, but I want to do the toys real quick. <laughs> Oh, it's just toys. I was joking around. Uh, I still got an hour left in me. Uh, right, I joined buddy. late, remember? Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, we, we got Among Us coming up. And... Yeah, all right. Dinner before then, too. Right, yeah, guys. I know. I'm, I so just ordered quick, food, too. Quick. Uh, right, I have right. a list of the hardest to find toys each holiday season since 1983, and I just want to go through the ones that would have could have affected us as children. Okay. Okay, so we'll start with 1983, and we'll just go into, like, the mid-90s, which is pretty much when all of our Christmases kind of kind of stopped being about toys. We'll go all the way to 2000. Except me. <laughs> well, for the baby in the group, we'll go all the way to the millennium. <laughs> all right, so if you, if you had it, talk about it. If not, we'll move on. 1983 were the Cabbage Patch Kids. Got one eventually. I don't know if it was Christmas or not. I had a Cabbage Patch Kid, but my sister had, like, 12. Them. Yeah, uh, 1984 were the Transformers toys. Oh, yeah. Transformers! Yeah, I, I, I ended up getting a lot of the uh, what's it called, the Beast War stuff. I had Beast War those. stuff too. Where Optimus Prime was a vampire bat. Oh, I didn't understand what? that, but yeah, that's <laughs> I what like, I had. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, 1985 and 1986 were the Teddy Ruxpin. I had that. Yeah, you, you could get him to play anything. Because you just you put a tape in. Yeah, you, you just put a tape, tape. in. Um, also for 1980... Oh, they messed this up. It's 1987 was the Koosh Ball. I mean, I had a million of those, but probably not that. <laughs> yeah, I had I, I had Koosh Balls. I think everybody had Koosh Balls. The Koosh Slingshot. Rosie O'Donnell show. Uh, 1988 was the Nintendo Entertainment System. Never had one ever, so... Oh, well, my my family had a Nintendo, so I, I had I had a Nintendo. Yeah, my sister has ours, and I'm pretty sure it's still working. So, mine still works surprisingly. Yeah. Actually, they were they're designed like tanks, man. They just last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if it, if you couldn't if you got one and you couldn't play a game on it, you just the old fashioned yeah. style, man. Take that game out, blow on it, and just fucking put it in. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we all you ever played it. Like you're just holding it, like please, please, 
Please, God. Let me ask a question about the NES. For the love of God. Do you guys think Duck Hunt would have been as popular as it was if it didn't come bundled with Mario Brothers? No. I agree. I think that was part of the appeal, right? Was, hey, we have this light zapper gimmick. We're going to include this. And here's a game to play. But if Duck Hunt was by itself, I don't think it would have sold. Because then it would have been like way more expensive because you would have had to get the zapper and as a pack-in, yeah. and it would have been $20 more than the game by itself. Yeah. Yeah. And parents did would be like, why am I paying $60 for this game? I didn't know this, but did you know that with the like the controller, you could control the duck? Yeah, player two could control the duck. I learned that much later in life than I should have. Yeah. Even though it's like literally in the manual? It was like GameCube era when I figured that shit out. Yeah, nobody played, <laughs> nobody read the manuals. And it was in the manual. Yeah, but read but, manuals. But the Tetris manual. If I was manual, into a game, I read cover to cover if I was into the game. The Tetris manual is how I learned that they have names. Yes. Wait a second. Hold the phone. Oh, you, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> what? <laughs> the Tetris, the Tetris have blocks names. have names. That's a real thing. They're, the L's are Orange Ricky and Blue Ricky. The Z's are the Cleveland Z and the Rhode Island Z. The long block is the hero. The T block is Tiwi. And then the square is called Smash Boy. That's in the original NES manual. Look it up. They have names. Oh, jeez. Oh, Tetris blocks have names. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, well, I'm blowing everyone's mind on that aspect. 1989 was the Game Boy. Uh, yeah, yep. I have. I, I, had I don't the original. I, I don't even know how many of those I had. Yeah, I had the original. I had the color, the color with the uh, the transparent, the transparency, so you could see all the gears. Yes. And then I had an advance that broke when the batteries exploded in it. Jesus. <laughs> Do you remember the the release order? Was it Game Boy, Game Boy Mini, Game Boy Color? I think it was Game yeah, Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy, Game Boy Mini, then Game Boy Pocket, and then Advance. Yeah, because Pocket, Pocket came, it was just a smaller version of a regular Game Boy, and that I bought that on my birthday with my birthday money, and like two weeks later they announced Game Boy Color. <laughs> That's so, so Pocket was out before Color then? Yeah, yeah, Pocket was out before Color. And then okay, there was so, uh, a Pocket version of Color. So. And, color and Color was good enough that it actually played... NES games. Yeah. Because you got the original Mario. I had a purple Game Boy Color. The uh, 1990 popular toy were Ninja Turtles action figures. Had, had hell of those. I had tons of those. I have the ones that transformed from the turtle to the actual, like, uh, like the Ninja Turtles. Did you guys have those? That's pretty cool. I yeah, had, they're like little transformer ones. You I can like fold their heads back and stuff like, like that, had, and, and they look like little turtles. I had Donatello as a detective. I had Michelangelo as a surfer. And then I had like generic bad guys. And then I had the the rock steady where you could like put the gun in his back and he would he would have punching action and if you punch him in the chest is it was like a rock'em sock'em robot, his head would come up. I had weird <laughs> versions of the figures. But yeah, it was fun. 91 was the Super Nintendo. Yes. Never had a Super Nintendo. My all-time favorite console. Yeah. 92 was the Barney doll. 
I have a home video of me losing my shit when I got that doll. <laughs> so, 92, I was 10, so I was already way too... Uh, yeah. The old man in the group was too old for Barney. <laughs> uh, 93 was the talk boy, thanks to Home Alone 2. Got one. Nah, I couldn't get one. Yeah. Uh, 94 were Power Rangers toys. I had plenty of those. I had a couple. I had a Red Ranger and a Green Ranger, and that was about it, though. I always wanted the I had, You know what was fucked up? I had both feet and the arms and never got the chest <laughs> to make the fucking boy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the saddest thing ever. You never got the Tyrannosaurus? No. Come on, Eric. It was only sold out. I was just like, fuck. I always asked for the Megazord, but my uh, my parents never got it for me. So, Oh, sad. I know. Uh, it was a weird one because they had like a small head for the regular person, but they were wearing their ranger uniform. And then you hit, you hit their buckle and it flipped, the head would flip out. Oh, I remember that. Those thing. were cool. Yeah. Which it would be like a normal Oh, yeah, size. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, 95 were Beanie Babies. Oh, I had I had the WWE version of the Beanie Babies. Dude, the Beanie Baby explosion that happened that year. I think they they still make them. Yes. If you have some of the classic ones, they sell for a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, but they I, fell into the big issue that comics and cards and stuff fell into the 90s. Is They're like, these are worth a lot of money. We should make more of them. Uh, I think everybody remembers 96's big toy was the Tickle Me Elmo. That was the that was the big one that year, because I remember it's the only thing you ever heard about. We were, yeah, we would have all been too old for a Tickle Me Elmo at that point, but we all heard about it. Speak for yourself, says Matt. <laughs> no, I I hate no. No no no. <laughs> uh, you were too you were too young for the Tickle Me Elmo. No, I was I, uh, I was I was what year was this? Ninety six? Ninety six. Yeah, I was eleven. I was a man by then. <laughs> I mean, listen, I was five. Eric, you're not a man now. Hold <laughs> on a second. Time out. <laughs> you're not even a man. Yeah, what a yeah, he's a homeowner. But I can afford my own toys now. <laughs> uh, nineteen ninety seven was the year we all figured out if we could own pets because that was the Tamagotchi. Yeah, oh. I had one. Yeah. Yep. What was the one that was um the fighting ones? Oh, I know what you're talking about. They could actually fight each other if you got them close enough. Yeah. I don't was remember. that the Nano Pets? Was that Nano Pet? Was or, it? Did, no, did, I don't know. Did, 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 it, it was like a Tamagotchi version where you can like you, you raise them up and and whatnot, and then you brought them over to your friend. It was like the very Digimon. Digimon. I love Digimon. Yeah, I love Digimon, Digimon more than the Digimon Battle. Okay, they had a Digimon version. <laughs> yeah, it was a Tamagotchi, but it was a, it was based on Digimon. Okay, that's I I forgot about that. Yeah, good, good memory. Also, I was playing PlayStation by then. Just want to throw that out. <laughs> I uh, jumped. Babies was... for PlayStation. <laughs> 98 was the creepiest toy on the list, the Furby. Oh, God. Oh, my friends geez. had one of those I, that year. I wanted to die. I hated those commercials. They needed a power limiter on them, right? So if the voltage fell, you wouldn't get that demonic sound that they make as the batteries slowly drained. 
You mean it wasn't possessed? <laughs> no, good God, pissed. you would forget about it. It'd be in your closet for a few years, and then all of a sudden, it'd start talking. Houses and go to therapy for a few years. <laughs> you had to get someone over for ghost hunting to make sure you were your house wasn't possessed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna say that's a, that's a no for me, dog. On the first, yep. <laughs> same. Uh, 99 was Pokemon merchandise. You know, the, 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 the shiny Charizard yeah. card. So, was yeah, that, I was um, 17, so no thank you. <laughs> uh, was that the Pokemon movie? What what year is the Pokemon movie coming out? 99. The first one. Was it? Yep. Because yep. there was Pokemon 2000, so the first one came out obviously before that. So. Yeah, but I didn't know how, how much longer. First Pokemon uh, 2000 had a Weird Al song. Pokemon. Eric and I have talked about this, but like, man, I wish I never went, like, I, when I go back in time, that I never opened my Pokemon cards because now yeah. I can sell that shit for so much money. We all, dude, I had first feeling. edition, first packs and everything. And, uh, I have a really yeah. rare one. Uh, it's an, it's an E3 Pikachu. Ooh. Uh, and I, I will at some point sell it. In the I remember having a misspelled, um, uh, War Turtle. Ooh, a misspelled. And, yeah, it was misspelled. It was. It was. They they spelled it War Turtle. <laughs> War Turtle. And uh, apparently that was a limited run. They fixed that really fast, and now that card's worth a fucking shit ton. Do you still have it? No. Ah. Yeah. No, but all the all your Yu-Gi-Oh cards though that are in pristine condition, Eric, you can probably sell for good money. Yeah, I do have a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Uh, I last, still do too. I don't know where they are though. The last toy I'll talk about when we hit two thousand, the hot toy, of course, was the Razor Scooter. Oh, uh, it was always fun watching kids wipe out on those. Too yeah, bad. I never yeah. got one of those. Never got into it. I, I will I, say I, I do enjoy watching those videos of people wiping. <laughs> I, I I understand them for like maybe doing little tricks here and there, but when I watch these like people use them as commuting devices, I'm like, it's just easier to walk, honestly. Because you're gonna like the wheels are tiny. You hit a little pebble, you're falling. Done. <laughs> just got a bike. What the fuck happened to bikes? <laughs> Back in my day, we pedaled. Back in my day, let me tell you. We pedaled. Uh, guys, I'd like to uh, thank everybody for having a for uh, joining us for this wonderful Christmas-themed episode. Oh, Eric even enjoyed it in progress, so he got to get yes. in on the spirit. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> uh, but real quick, let's go around the table. What was your all-time favorite Christmas gift? Uh, Matt, I know you have already said yours, so I'll start with you. Um, I will probably say the N64. I My family like kept saying like I was not going to get it, and I pretty much fully expected not to get the N64. And then the, like, the one gift that I opened up on Christmas Eve, because I don't know if you guys did this when you were younger, but... If you went to church, like your parents would let you open up one gift on Christmas Eve, and that's what my family did. Oh, we went and, to church and, and didn't get together. Oh, I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that. Um, and the one gift that I accidentally chose to open happened to be Star Fox. Ooh. And, <laughs> and I was like, 
wait a goddamn second. <laughs> they were just like, oh, it's just a box. It's nothing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then the next day, I when Christmas happened, I opened up the N64 and I freaked out. And you're That's... the kid in the classic video. That's yep. so funny. A similar thing happened to me. Oh my uh, god! Really? <laughs> it wasn't. It, well, it wasn't the Christmas Eve thing. Our Christmas Eve tradition was uh, our next door neighbor always got us gifts, and my sister and I always opened those on Christmas Eve because she'd come over and like give them to us, and we'd open them in front of her and everything. That, that was it. Was that was our sweet little tradition? Have. But I was opening my Christmas gifts, and I got like the standard Super Nintendo games, right? And then I opened up Super Mario sixty four. And my mom had already told me I wasn't getting the N64 because they couldn't find it. And she said, well, I still got you the game because this way, uh, you know, when you do get it, you'll have it. And I was like, okay, cool. I opened my stuff and everything. And then they go, oh, what's that uh, behind the tree over there? There was one more gift, and it was for me from Santa in 96, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, long after you stopped believing. And I'm like, and I opened up, it's an N64. And I remember I just looked at my mother with this look on my face, and she was just grinning because they friggin' trolled me. But it didn't matter <laughs> because I was the happiest kid on Christmas morning. Okay. So yeah, I think for that story alone, uh, the N64 is my my pick as well. Dan, what um, about you, bud? One year, I got almost every Ninja Turtles toy. <laughs> you know what? I I understand. Because <laughs> that, that would yeah. be a great year. Like, I even got the great. blimp and shit, so it was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> the Technodrome? I don't think I ever got the Technodrome, but... The van? Yeah, I got the turtle van and the blimp. Like... Oh. That van was the shit. I wanted that so bad as a kid. <laughs> I had Ninja Turtles color forms. Congratulations. I also used to have almost every uh, Ghostbusters toy, including the old firehouse. That's but awesome. That, I don't think not much of that was actually all Christmas. And that was way before Ninja Turtles. As yeah. well, so. uh, Eric, what about you? Uh, my best gift also comes with, with uh, my worst gift. Oh, uh, no. Because much like you guys and you have your parents who are like trying to troll you and stuff. My father has had plenty of experience. <laughs> uh, so one year, I won't say what year, but I, it was Last Christmas year. and there was a box. Uh, it was pretty heavy. I opened it up. There was a brick and then there was a letter. So I was like, all right, cool. So I opened up, it was a, uh, the letter was like in an envelope. So I opened up an envelope and it was one of my tests grades that I had failed and it said an F I had underneath the tree and I was pissed I was just like okay (laughs) fair I guess I get nothing for Christmas this year and then I I literally didn't even look at my parents I just kind of stared at it It was really fucking sad and then uh, my mom like slid the actual gift over towards me and I opened up and it was a playstation but it was the worst fucking feeling followed by the PlayStation. <laughs> and they got to tear you down to build you back up. <laughs> yeah. That's heartbreaking. Oh, uh, yeah. I still can't spell. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I mean, just same. commend your dad on one of the most epic trolls jobs I've ever heard in my life? Agreed. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is a fantastic troll. I, I'm with you on that feeling, and I would have been miserable too, but. But yeah, that that's 
Yep. That's my dad. <laughs> what about you, Shannon? Um, so not the same thing as, you know, PlayStations or anything, but one year my parents got me and my brother, um, I got a stuffed Pooh Bear and I don't know what my brother got. I think he got a stuffed Mickey and around their necks were plane tickets because they were surprising us with a trip to Disney World. That's and awesome. I think I literally like died a little bit inside, <laughs> like out of excitement. Literally. So, but I think That's... I just value experiences a little more than. No, I mean, I would have freaked out too. But at the time, well, I don't know how much Disney tickets were then. Probably like 50 bucks. Well, we were in Pennsylvania, so we had a flight ticket and hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you. I know you guys have been desensitized. Oh, to the I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of like at the time. We did right, not get to wake to, up, roll out of our own beds, go to the park, and be like, "Eh, it's it's a little crowded. I don't think we need to ride this ride and go back home." <laughs> and I literally spent zero dollars that entire day. Oh. So did you go around Christmas time? No, we went in the summer. We always went on our family vacations on my brother's birthday because he was born July 6th. So apparently July 4th is when we had to go for... What a a mistake. God. (laughs) I think that year was like the 25th when they had like the birthday cake castle like that travesty everybody listening to this show hearing that story who's who's uh never worked there is like oh that's the coolest thing ever no. july 4th and everybody who's worked there is like oh god why yeah. <laughs> it's i'd rather go on christmas because at least it's nice and cold <laughs> well cold to you well cold to anybody who lives in florida <laughs> I mean, it's I'm not sorry, gonna be cold to him for much longer. Florida, it gets freaking like it gets cold. Like people don't understand. Yeah, it gets like, cold. It, there's so much yeah. moisture in the air. You can literally feel that in your bones. Um, to so to close out our Christmas themed episode, I'm gonna. If anybody wants to quickly tell a Christmas related theme park story, I think that's the perfect way to wrap up this week. Uh, I'll tell mine real cool. quick. See you guys but... next week. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I once had a guest report me to guest relations because I told her that it was busy on New Year's Eve. You know, Wait, you're working what? you're working that infamous <laughs> week between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And... Wait, that was you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> she asked me how the crowds were on New Year's Eve, and I told her, I said, that's our busiest day of the year. And she was so dumbfounded by that because her family had made plans. She actually went to guest relations to complain. And they're like, I don't know what to tell you, but New Year's Eve is the busiest day of the year. It's not like he lied to you. And she was mad because she didn't understand why that was. And I'm like, well, why did you make? Like when people would come up to you and be like, why is it so busy? Today's Christmas. Be like, well, what are you doing here? Right. Like, I can't believe they make guys work. Like, we're working because of you. Go yeah, home. Well, then go home if you don't want us to work. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, anybody else got a Christmas story they'd like to tell? Uh, I do. It's nothing like with guests, but it was like a personal experience. So I was working Christmas week, and it was 
I think I was working like 80, 82 hours. And we had, there was a cast member named Gabe and he was working a hundred hours Christmas week. And he was in bandit and I was tour guide. And it was like one of our, like he was my bandit for almost like every show I did. And one of the bandit shows that me and him had, he came running out through the doors and he goes, yeah, but he threw his foot too far forward and when you're a bandit, you don't have a microphone or anything on you. There's just like a microphone on a broomstick. <laughs> and he kicked the microphone. So he just runs out and goes, yeah, and all years, boom. <laughs> Me and him just both look at each other and we just start laughing. <laughs> and the guests are like, what is going on? And like, him are delusional at this point. Like, we've worked, we barely have slept. We're working all these hours, and we just see him kick the microphone, and we're just laughing through our lines <laughs> the whole time. It was so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. That is great. How about you, Eric? Do you hey, have come any, on, Eric? Do you uh, have any Christmas you have stories? Stories about everything. I know uh, Christmas hours <laughs> is like really rough. Um, I guess. I was working fireworks over at Magic Kingdom during uh, Christmas. <laughs> We're all just like, I'm sorry, oh, dude. God, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> and they had, uh, they had put me in the section where, like, there, there's bathrooms by the castle. Or not by the castle, but, like, the only way to get through them is this one, uh, I guess you would call it a ramp a bridge ramp type of situation that goes towards the bathrooms during the fireworks. And they put me there. And then I guess some guy in the ECV went up there and flooded the bathroom <laughs> and it started like running down the ramp. And I, I was just like, Nope, Nope. So I just stood on the fucking wall <laughs> and watched the fireworks <laughs> because nobody else was going to go up that way because there's just literal running shit down the fucking... <laughs> down the uh, and that was the quietest Christmas I have ever had. No, my manager never stopped by or anything. They didn't even check on me. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm staying on this wall. <laughs> oh, it's hysterical. Shannon, you got any stories you want to tell? Um, I think I only worked at the parks one Christmas, and I was at Magic Kingdom working Thunder Mountain, and it was a little chilly that Christmas Eve, and so when it's chilly, the rides stop working if they're outdoors. And it was Christmas Eve, one of the busiest days, and it was at a two-hour wait, maybe, probably more. I picked the greeter roll, and as I'm walking up, I hear the downspiel when we oh, go 101. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I literally got out there, and everybody was exiting the queue. They'd been waiting for an hour and they weren't getting a fast pass. <laughs> and oh, they no. literally surrounded me. They were just surrounding me. I was like a sea of people like ready to tear my heads off. And I remember your parents were there. <laughs> and they were literally like standing away from me. Like just watching me have to deal with all of this. I'm probably laughing. 
Well, that wasn't very nice. I'm gonna have to yell at them. <laughs> I I feel for you. I feel for you. Like they were just surrounding. Like, where's my fast pass? Where's my fast pass, dude? I can't help you. I don't have the fast passes. You weren't <laughs> at the at right them spot them. in the line. I'm sorry. I waited I have for an hour. I don't know what to tell you. It's Christmas. Oh God, Eric just said he has a confession. I do have a confession. Oh, I have to apologize to you, Matt. Why? Because there was one time you were at Merge, uh-huh. and uh, I ran the 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 ride went 101, and I told everybody that you had the uh, tickets to come back and <laughs> pointed them in your direction. And then why I do I not? Re- why do I not remember this? Oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I I literally just went. That's all I got, folks. Uh, Matt up there has the rest of them. He'll help you out. And then I walk through the fucking doors. Wow, oh. that's... Well, Merry Christmas, Matt. How the fuck are you my best friend? What? <laughs> I gave you an extra break that day. Uh... This is this is classic error. Top That's ten it. anime betrayals. <laughs> God, like you can't see it, but I have like I'm contemplating life right now. <laughs> oh, I can what see it. Happened? I can hear it in your voice. Well, guys, I'm gonna kill you a lot tonight. This has been uh, one hell of a great episode. Thank you, everyone who joined us, and merry merry Christmas and happy holidays to all. That's going to wrap up this week's Nerd Table. I'm not even going to bother with plugs because the show went super long. But this was as festive as we're going to get here on the Nerd Table. We'll be back with regular Nerd Table next week. We'll probably talk about The Mandalorian, among other things. And uh, maybe we'll do a a fun little uh, post-Christmas cool-down. Maybe we'll we'll talk about New Year's hype or something. I don't know. There's too much stuff to talk about, but we'll we'll definitely get some... uh, some more fun stories in here. Thank you, Shannon. Oh, thanks. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. And thank you, Eric, for showing up halfway through the show. Well, you know how I roll. Yeah, that's, I mean, that that's actually just Eric. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, well, and of, of course, thank you, Dan, for dealing with all of our Disney stories when you don't have any. Just yeah, tr- tradition, I guess. All right, guys, that wraps it up. Uh, Merry Christmas, and if there's anything post-Christmas you'd like us to address, leave it in the comments and we'll talk about it next week as our our follow-up to the holiday. And let's close out this week's episode by answering an all-important question. Dan, when does Christmas hype officially start? Unboxing Day. Absolutely. See you next time. Merry Christmas. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.